This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If. Only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news... All right, I'll do. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by McDelivery, bringing you the food you love. McDelivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the result, you'll always be winning with McDelivery. So the only thing left to say is, you in? Order now on the McDonald's app. You can also get reward points delivered too. So the ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants. 18 plus, rewards registration required. Points only on menu items, delivery fee and term supply. See mcdonalds.com. All right, so thank you very much for downloading this week's whole radio podcast. Um, yeah, obviously not the most enjoyable of games to talk about, but I think we had uh, some cathartic moments in here. Um, so basically, there's a, uh, a competition and the announcement of a competition winner coming in our chat after uh, the recording of the show. So uh, once once you're done with the with the main body of the show, we'll be right back. Okay, we're going to retake that. Um, you're quite right, Tav. There wasn't enough enthusiasm in that uh, in that initial um, recording. There. Cheers for downloading this week's whole radio podcast. Oh my god, that was a children's TV presenter, wasn't it? <laughs> um, can we can we can we go again? We'll go again. Yeah, yeah. Thanks for downloading the whole radio podcast. Uh, a little bit later on, after the show, we'll be coming back talking about the uh, the competition we had last week, the Andy Gray competition. I wonder what the answer was to the question. Um, and of course, we'll also have a new competition for you. We haven't really announced what the prize was last week, and we certainly won't be announcing what the prize is this week. Anyway, after the show, we'll be right back. Homesdale Radio, Football Blogging Award Finalist 2015. www.hol. I feel I'm going to have to shout over it. Oh, no, it's gone quiet again. This is good news. Hi, and welcome to Homestyle Radio. I go by many names, but tonight I'm called Chris Hambling, and I'm here to host our review of the week of All Things Palace. We've got the indignity of having to focus primarily on yesterday's 3-2 defeat to greedy Welshman Tony Pulis's West Bromwich Albion, where an appalling first half saw the Eagles 3-0 down at half-time. It was too little too late uh, in the... Hmm, autocorrect has made this say it was too little too late in the C did half leading it at... Brilliant. Something to do with leaving it at 10 games without a Premier League win. With me tonight, I have, and I've just written the word people, I have Patrick O'Connor. Hello. Hello. I have Nick Gillard. Hello. Oh, Nick. And I have, I'm going to take a run up at this tab because I never usually say your name, Tavinash Sanasi. Well done, yes. Hello. That's good, wasn't it? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Or Tavalar, as we call you normally. Anyway, as well as hearing from them, we'll also be picking out your contact tonight. So head to holradio.net forward slash contact to find out how. The chat room is open now and Nick is in there on his own. It's at holradio.net forward slash chat. You can get live puns direct from his fingers. We'll get on with it all in just a moment. 
the all-time Palace 25-man squad. Tweet us your suggestions and we'll choose in or bin. Ultimate 25-man squad. Sean Derry has been nominated. Go to hlradio.net forward slash vote to vote in or bin for this week. Uh, I've had a look at how the vote's been going on Twitter and on there and um, say it's not looking good for Mr. Derry at the moment, but we'll see how it goes. Uh, You can also get in touch with us either now or during the course of the week if you're a podcast listener using our voicemail service. You can phone 0800 689 3624. Leave us a message like Jerry's done this week, which uh, Sam is hopefully going to play out for us right now. Hi, Chris. It's Jerry. Hope you're well. Hope you've recovered from your um, recent illness. Mind you, watching the Palace against WBA last night, especially the first half, remind us it's the half glass full, which it is. We've got to look at it that way, but the slump is a little bit alarming. Um, I thought um, much had a much better game, excuse the pun, um, than in previous performances, where I would have, again, concurred totally with your assessment of him. A little bit worried about... Uh, the club really um, I'm not saying spending the money is the answer but we need to really have a root and branch look at things in the summertime whatever, wherever we finish um, regardless of uh, the FA Cup run I think uh, we, if we haven't got our best first 11 out we seriously lack quality outside that first 11 uh, the general sort of consensus about Jerry is he's pretty worried about how things are going um and the, the, the first half, obviously, was, was alarming. And, you know, and the club, he's saying, that, you know, in the club in general, um, you know, it has him concerned about how, you know, that, that's really my sort of worry as well, because this isn't the first time we've talked about the fact that we, we're, we're starting games badly, we're having poor first halves and we're having to come back from it. And I think this game in particular really does sort of highlight that now Jerry has mentioned that he's, he's not too sure about my opinion on on, uh, on Jordan Much and uh, Jordan Much will be a, a feature of this discussion but you know I'm going to I'm going to sort of bring that to the fore immediately and say that Jordan Much was not certainly not the worst player on the pitch but um, and but w- what I've been saying over the last few weeks about his performances kind of rings true for everyone in, in this game um, and I'll talk about the, the problems that I, that I have and, and much you know he, he was highly involved and a lot of people picked him out and those are the reason reasons I, I've been highlighting these things so it's, it's a difficult one but I mean look we, we started with the same lineup as Spurs and you can see the logic in that and I know Patrick you said that uh, very very early on when we were talking and on, on Twitter later on so you wouldn't have changed anything would you? No you, you mentioned last week that why would you change a winning lineup so I totally understand why the manager would go with the same lineup? It it worked. It gave us a great victory in the FA Cup. Defenders were great. Goalie was very good last week. Midfield played well. And even though Adebayo and Wickham weren't great the entire match, I thought they played well for most of the match last week. So I, I didn't see the logic in changing it. What I will say is, in hindsight, everybody was banging on about Balassi uh, should have started. I totally disagree, and I'll tell you why. And I know it's very unpopular. One, he came off an injury, Chris. He's been out for almost two months. The injury he had was a, was a hip injury. It wasn't easy to come back for. If you watched him last week against Spurs, he, when he came on, he was winded after that first run that he made. He was absolutely yeah. gassed, which I guess is you know, partly adrenaline, partly not being in shape. And even yesterday, Chris, after about eight minutes, he kind of disappeared in that match and then came back into later on in the game. So for me, he's not, he's not match fit. We've had a discussion in the past about match fit versus just fit, and he might be fit, but he's not match fit. So I mm. think not starting yesterday was a good idea. 
in hindsight, you know, we could say, oh, well, if he started, I don't think it would have been any different. I really don't, but again, that's the uh, we could talk about it later on. But I don't think just because Yannick didn't start, why he went down three 0 It was very poor defending. But again, going back to the original comment, yeah, we should have definitely. To me, the lineup was fine from in, in, from my point of view. Mm. I'll, I'll let go, on, Nick. You, you come in on this, and I'll, uh, I've got a point to answer well, on as well. Well, first of all, a hip injury. Did he do it in Hoxton? Boomtish. Cool Eagles in the chat room. He said it's three league games on the trot that we haven't come out till half time in the league. That is, yeah, it's, no, he, it's, it's, it's it's right. It's awful, um, but you know, but already they're starting to talk about Pardew in the chat room. Mm. Um, well, that's, I'm sure yeah. we'll come on to that later. Yeah, yeah, that's. I mean, there's. Yeah, look, he's Pardew's. We we talked about it a few weeks ago that you know Pardew has to be questioned. You have to be able to uh, question what exactly it, you know what exactly he's doing, setting us up in game games like that to come out um, and struggle in the first half of the majority of matches at the moment, which is, I, that's not me exaggerating, it has been the majority of matches. You know, we're on a 10-game run of not winning in the league. That's that's just not normal. That's not acceptable form, uh, really, especially considering that some of the teams that we've played, you know, we, we're kind of handing games to people, and we very much handed that game to West Brom. Now, Nick, you want to jump back in? Yeah, my, my issue is, uh, I think um, Pulis pulled a, pulled a fast one by, by playing three up front, which we probably weren't expecting. However, um, we need to be able to change things more quickly. And he's standing, is standing there waving his arms and flapping on the touchline. Um, surely we've got to get the information on how to change it across a lot more quickly. Does that make sense? I, I know what you're saying. Half yeah. time until we we do something about it. Yeah, but we we do, and that's that's another thing though. Um, we do we do shift it around from pretty much the, the start of games, but it takes until half time to get everyone together for people to fully understand that. And I'm going to be talking a lot around that, a lot around the shape, a lot around people knowing where each other are playing and the runs each other are going to be making because we look like a team of strangers at the moment. Um, but but to go back to the, to the lineup, I'm going to give Tav a chance to, to to have his say on the lineup as well. But I just want to make the point of, you know, the lineup was the same, but the setup was not the same. Against Spurs, Joe Ledley started the game and played, you know, the majority of it. I think he was substituted towards the end. I might be right in saying, but he he played the majority of it, just screening the back four, not moving out of position, playing very central, uh, and, and allowing the back four to keep their shape. He wasn't doing that uh, in the first half against West Brom because I think. You know, Pardew expected, quite rightly, when you look at how West Brom play, to have the, the lion's share of possession and that, that we wouldn't need that screening. But in not having that, there was a huge gap between midfield and defence for a lot of that game, and well, for a lot of the first half. And it was exploited brilliantly and irritatingly by a very well-organised West Brom side. Um, Tav, you know, your thoughts, obviously, on the lineup and, and what we've said so far? Well, the lineup, I think, the discussion mostly behind the stands once we've got three goals down everyone was in between, in between discussions with themselves I think the main comment was Bulassi should have started mm. it was a question of fitness yes but whether he should have gone with let's start him let's see what he can do from the start and then if he's see how he's feeling at half time if he needs to come off he can come off but if he can go a little bit further he can because once he did come on in the second half he changed the game he really did there was nothing mm. more we could have asked for him because he did do absolutely superbly. But I think, tactically, at the beginning, we were quite surprised <laughs> by West Brom putting three up front. And the front three, they were putting passes through between our defence for the whole game. It was just, their long balls were working, our long balls weren't. They made the long balls work. 
it's the chemistry between them. I know they haven't played much between them recently, but that just goes to show how bad our defending actually was. We're playing against three players who haven't played with each other this season, and they can still do that to us. Yeah. No, ex- no I take the point you're making, Tav. You know, but uh, again, going back to what Patrick was saying, and I'll, I'll let him um, jump in on this again, but um, about Balassi starting, it's, you know, it's, it's, what, it's the automatic thing to go, and yes, it would have given us more balance, but for me, it's not just so much Balassi should have started. It's, if Balassi doesn't start, we're still picking a central midfielder playing wide, le- wide left. And whether he can do a job out there or not, um, which is a bone of contention at the moment, when you, when you look at the lineup and the way it started, and I, I promise you I made this note before the game kicked off, um, I said the same lineup as Spurs, but we've still got two players playing out of position, Joel Ward and Jordan Much on the left side. Um, and, and it's very easy to target, target us down there. Patrick. Yeah, Chris, um, there's, a, there's a, a strange American phrase. It's called the fallacy of the predetermined outcome. It basically means that just because you change something doesn't mean something else is going to happen. So my point yeah. being, just because you put Balassi in does not mean they don't score those three goals. You can never say that. Now, I understand what he's saying about starting Balassi, but I will still contend that he's not ready to start yet. So I know when he came on, he changed the game. I think part of that was because we were down three goals. So obviously West Brom's playing differently. Secondly, obviously he brings a different, you know, enthusiasm to the team but like you said in the beginning we defended poorly yesterday and i don't think balassi on the field is going to change that we have i was looking i wrote down some stats we actually i'm edge of possession in the first half first first half and if you don't know the first 10 minutes we had a lot of possession we weren't doing anything with the ball we were kind of knocking it backwards and sideways we weren't really penetrating but we had the we had the ball we didn't do anything with it so and you made a good point on twitter yesterday about how wickham and much were playing I had no idea who was playing where. At some point, I, I think they were both confused. So Nick mentioned before about, well, they should know what to do as far as like uh, making that change with the three that um, West Brom set, played. But you, like you just said, you've got to get into the, into the change room and, and talk to them about that. You can't just say on the field, okay, Jordan, we talked about it before the game, but now I want you to do this. You can't do that. You can't communicate quick enough. So for me, there was so much more than just Blasi not starting to that game yesterday. There was Agreed. just much more than that. Agreed. And we'll, we'll get into the detail of that in a minute. But uh, Nick, you just wanted to jump in. Yeah, well, Patrick's saying we defended badly, but we didn't do anything well in the first half, I don't think. I mean, Adebayo was having to come right back to try and get the ball, and when he got it, he was completely and utterly ineffective. And I'm, I'm beginning to question Adebayo, whether it's an Edgar David signing type thing. Um, but yeah, it was just everything we did was, was rubbish. It was the worst <laughs> it, first yeah. half I've ever seen. We just looked like we didn't have any verve or guile or anything. Yeah, look, it, it, for me, it, it comes from uh, the shape. And I know me and Patrick talked about this a lot yesterday, where that criticism was, was made by an awful lot of people. And, and, you know, it was a bit frustrating for you, Patrick, because you weren't entirely convinced that everyone was kind of, you know, saying it for the right reasons and all this kind of stuff. Right. But basically, that's me being diplomatic about, about what you were saying. <laughs> but um, but it, it's, and, and I've, funny enough, Nick's just put a comment from Lyons in, uh, in, the, in the chat room, basically just about what I'm going to say. Um, in, in, in terms of, you know, I, I wouldn't particularly pick out the two sort of defensive-minded midfielders being the one crowd in the area. What I would say is because of the lack of positional discipline, and believe me, I'm not. This is I'm I'm more criticising Pardew for this than the players, but but the players do have a huge part to play in this. Um, right. In particular, and again, I know I have a go at him a lot, Jordan Much, but Jordan Much put in a huge amount of effort yesterday. He had a, he had a decent second half, um, and you know. He, he, he was running all day, all over that pitch, and someone put the stats up on on Twitter, and we had him in our in our post match chat between ourselves that you know he ran the most of anyone on the pitch. But 
for me, that actually shows you the issue that Jordan Much has, and that is that he hasn't got the discipline to play that position. And by going, by, you know, there were times where I thought, oh, brilliant, Much has made a tackle. Then it dawned on me that he'd made a tackle in the right wing position. <laughs> so, great, well done for making a challenge and being committed, but your job in the team uh, is now has to be taken by someone else. So who has to do that? So is Ward having to cover two players? What happens, sorry, yeah, what happens if Ward is covering two players? Well, someone else has got to get over there and help him, and that pulls someone else out of position. It's really very, very basic stuff, very, very basic shape related stuff that and then then you have strikers dropping deep and, and becoming ineffective and not being playing close together so when we are doing what West Brom forced us to do which is hit long balls up to our two front men they're not flicking it onto anyone there's no one close enough to, to play it. so the whole thing falls apart when players can't be in the right positions and and you know much wandered off the left wing he wasn't the only one moving out of position when you look at the second goal which we'll come to later on there was you know, there was no one really set up to, to counter the fact that when we smacked a long ball forward, it might get headed back to one of their players. There was no one set up to deal with that. And they just walked through us, continuously walked through us in the first half. It was horrific. Nick? Two things in that room, which is wholeradio.net forward slash chat. Did I say that right? Um, J-Dog free. Hambo is right. Bloody mm. hell. Quick, put that in your diary. Somebody agrees with you. Tactically inept and inflexible in the first half, which is inexcusable at this level and on this sort of run. Lyons also agrees with Hambo. He said it's the centre-back's job to tell the midfielders to F off out of it. It's basic <laughs> FA level two coaching. And he's got in uh, inverted commas, passing on the player. Yeah, no, he's, and he's spot on. And I know he knows his stuff as well. Um, it, I, I couldn't watch it. I, I mean, I did. <laughs> and I regret it, but I, I, I was just—I stopped making notes at one point. I, you know, I, we were making them look like Barcelona. Their third goal was was a cracking goal, but it was all about the way we approached that first half. And the thing is, we didn't—we were shell shocked. We didn't know what to do about it. You know, when we conceded that goal, the, the second goal was so unlike us. Um, you know, when we conceded after conceding the first, to leave someone effectively, we left Wilfred Zaha marking Dawson. You know. That, and, and Wilf, quite as as you would expect him to, kind of just wandered off looking to break, because he's standing in that position in the in the penalty area, looking for us to head out and him to mount a counter attack. That's Wilf's job there. It's not his job to go up and challenge what is essentially a centre back um, who, who gets a free header on, header on goal. What are we playing at? You know, it was too easy, too easy. Tav, I've been ranting. Yeah, um, I think what more goes down to it as well is communication. 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 <laughs> <laughs> the fact okay. you struggled on that word is just brilliant. That's your click at the end of the I was thinking about team cohesion and communication at the same time. Dangerous. Communication. It's, <laughs> it's all about communication. If Dan spoke to someone else, said him, he's, he's moving t- in that specific goal we're talking about, he's moving towards the player who's running towards him. Now, if he looks around him, See, there's a player who's free, or there's someone in a more better position to go back and cover Dawson before he makes that run. Then we wouldn't have a bigger problem than we did. It was the fact that he was moving forward and nobody was moving backwards to cover that player that there was that goal. If there was if there was cover, it would have worked. But there's no communication between anyone at all. And also in that first half, I think Zaha got frustrated. I can't remember who it was with. I think it was with. Um, Martin Kelly, I think it was, on a pass on the right wing. 
Zaha wanted it. He told Kelly he wanted it, but Kelly just kept on going. There was no communication between them. I mean, he, they communicated. There could have been a lovely move there, but they just don't yeah. seem to want to but, talk to each other at the moment. But when you when you look at how West Brom were playing, and again, I you know I wouldn't imagine after that game, in all honesty, that I would be pointing at their first half performance and saying, look, just look at the simplicity of it and how how well they played. But particularly their front players, it was very very easy when they got the ball played up to them because the ball was played into feet. Uh, for someone, whoever was dropping off into space, quite often it was Berahino, but it was, you know, Rondon did it as well, and they, and they exchanged positions well, but more importantly, they played close to each other, they, they evaded the cl- any close marking, and it was just easy one-touch football, a ball would come up to someone, they'd touch it around the corner to someone else, and that simply didn't happen for us, the ball went up and it was hit long at people's heads, and, and you know, West Brom play, well, they were playing three centre-backs in the four defensive positions, um, and that just goes straight to them every time. It, and that's what the, actually the first goal comes from that. You know, the ball is it's a, effectively a dead ball from us, I think. It might have even been Hennessy hitting it up. But, you know, they win one header and we're 1-0 down because we, don't know how, because we haven't set ourselves up. It, I just think that um, the naivety is why people are starting to question Pardew. Because it's almost like we've gone into that game with the attitude of, right, OK, we did really well. We were organised against Tottenham. We had ourselves set up properly. We, we, we allowed for the fact that they're a very good footballing team and paid them the right respect. And it doesn't look like we paid West Brom the right respect to me. And I think that's what's cost us in the first half. Patrick? That's cost us a couple more ti- a couple of other times this season, though, isn't it? Sorry, Patrick, to, to, to interrupt you there. But, you know, playing Tottenham in the cup, up for the game. West Brom haven't won for ages. Oh, well, maybe... The, the whole psychology thing again. Sorry, Patrick. It's all right. But, you know, a point that Chris and I have discussed in the past is our lack of speed in the back. And when you put Martin Kelly, Ward, Delaney and, and Dan back there, you've got absolutely no person to run behind and make up for someone else's mistake. Yeah. And I know Nick, you know, of Suarez family. That's what Suarez does. I mean, next year we've got to get a centre-half who can do that because there is no way he can continue to play four guys who, who I have no problem with on any given day. But against a side like West Brom, who, again, with those with Rondon and Berhina running at you, we, we couldn't defend that yesterday. If we had played um, Hangland, it would have been as, as big a problem. We needed someone back there with some speed. We had no one. And I think that's exactly why they came out the way they did, because they knew they could exploit our lack of speed in the back. Sorry, I'm just enjoying the fact that my autocorrect changed West Brom to West Bum in my notes. <laughs> <laughs> that, is, that is my favourite thing today. Perfect. That's, that's cheering me right up. Bummy Jalbian. Yeah. Um, but no, that's a really good point, Patrick, about the pace. And, you know, that... We, we've tried to rectify that a few times and I can remember that obviously the signing of Florian Moronge was supposed to do that at one stage <laughs> when uh, he was supposed to be an English speaking French left back and he turned out to be a non-English speaking French centre back who didn't, who, 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 you know, he was supposed to have pace and he didn't. So um, we, we have tried to solve that and yeah, Soiree, Soiree does do that for us, does, does get back uh, quick and, and all that kind of stuff but it was left to other players to, to cover yesterday, you're right, you know, Kelly... Kelly doesn't have the most amount of pace. Ward seems seems out of sorts after a really yeah. good game against Spurs. He played very well at left back, but, but Ces- he made Sessegnon look like Messi. It was, it, and that's embarrassing. I'll be honest, because you know Sessegnon, he blow, blows hot and cold. He's, he's got some talent, but you know he isn't. He's, he's not the player we made him out to be. Um, so it was it was a difficult watch. It really was, and and obviously I you know Ward while struggling against Sessegnon there was a moment where he volleyed the ball into his own face trying to clear and you know that that kind of sums it up for me I've made that note and it was just before um, 
a passage of play that led to their corner for for, for Dawson making it two 0 uh, And the thing is, you know, we we go one nil down. You know, there's no need to go in, into into a huge amount into the detail of it. It was it was a break and we were caught napping. It was the reaction afterwards. The reaction afterwards was just not typical Palace, and it caused a lot of people to start questioning the spirit again. And and obviously, you talk about when players aren't playing for the manager. You can't really say that with the way we came out for the second half. You know, I think the fact that, that the second half was so so much better just it does it does give me a little bit of confidence that it was just a you know it was another in a long line of bad days at the office and. Uh, you can't keep saying that, Chris. No, we can't. We can't, and that's why me, you know, a, a usually positive person, is is fed up and and angry. If we'd done this show yesterday, we'd have to bleep the whole lot. It's, um, but but you know, go go. Let's let's talk about the position of discipline again, and and in particular, what you what uh, Patrick mentioned earlier on with with Much and Wickham. Um, there was this moment in the in the first half where Wickham very much went out to the left and, and uh, much moved central. But again, it congested the midfield. Wickham is not, a, can play wide left, but it's not, a, a, you know, it's not that player. That's not him. And I think the goals he scored in the second half show that, you know, what he actually is all about. And so let's talk about, do we think Adebayor and Wickham can actually work? Um, and I'm going to ask you that, Tav. Simply, No. I don't think it can work whatsoever because when, when they both play together, they play awfully. When they're playing apart from each other, they play well. It's just one of those combinations which will never work. I mean, yesterday, Adebayor, to be honest, he had an awful game. And yeah. every time Adebayor and Wickham play with each other, you're seeing Wickham trying to work off the scraps of Adebayor. And there was just nothing going on whatsoever because Wickham's trying to rely on Adebayor there's just nothing going in either end of their two ears. There's just nothing going on there absolutely whatsoever. It's the worst combination up front I have seen in a long time. And to be honest, <laughs> it's, well, it's never going to work. No matter how much training you put into them, it's not going to work. Well, Tav doesn't like it, Patrick. I totally disagree. I think it depends <laughs> on who you have on the field with them. You put Suarez back at left back, you put Palacio on the field. And even put punching in the centre, and you get balls up to those two. They will score bags of goals because they have in they have in the past when they've had service. I mean, look how much better we were in the second half. So I think basing it on two matches they played together is so unfair. Again, yesterday was awful, and but Papadu said at the halftime he could have flipped a coin and taken off Wickham. Murder and Abel would have scored the two goals. So to say they can't play together, I think the way they played yesterday, they can't play that way together ever again yeah. because it didn't make any sense. But you put one off the other and you leave um, Wickham, like you just said, Chris, more central, like he scored those two goals, they can play together. And I've seen Adaboyo link up um, with Zaha in a few games in the past and do well. So you add Balassi to that mix and even, like I said, even punch and then you've got something working. But the way they played yesterday would never work. But again, I would never, I would never put something down after two matches. To me, it's, it's not enough to look at. But I would say it can work, but not the way it, it was set up yesterday. Uh, Nick, do you, want, have you, you have your say and then, um, then I'm going to finish. Adebayo just looked so ineffective completely when he was on yesterday. And uh, as Lions in the chat room, wholeradio.net, forward slash chat if you want to come in there and see all the people in there at the moment um or talk to them um we won't see them um <laughs> lions 550 wickham looked as though he had been released from an anchor when um akin by uh had a bio went off akin by using using them now you know it was that, <laughs> that effective mm. 
No, that's a good point. Uh, you know, and Wickham was was given a bit of freedom when he when he was playing century. But as Patrick points out, you know, it's because we were playing a very different system, playing, you know, just just giving them, uh, you know, giving the, the front players a chance to get involved. And Balassi was a very big part of that. Just just by being on the pitch, Wilf didn't have three players on him. But we'll, we'll come back to that in a second. Back to Wickham, Madabayor, uh, Nav has got in touch saying quite simply no it won't work uh, very much along your very much along your lines there Tav um, Nav and Tav make sense that's it yeah <laughs> if you if you're if the names rhyme they have the same opinion is that what exactly, you're saying exactly yes. alright okay um, uh, earlier on CPSC wait right that's just childish thought... isn't it childish Nick sorry couldn't help it grown man uh, CPFC New Jersey got in touch earlier on before we started talking about this funny enough to point out that Wickham and Adebayor don't go well together uh, says not, he's not sure what happened on the defensive end though and, um, and Pardew actually after the game said said it was you know the first half the problem was the front two didn't play well and, and West Brom's front two did was front three really um, but you know like I said I don't think I think more in line with what Patrick was saying that the way we played didn't even give them a chance you know what? What? What are they supposed to do, um, other than play a bit closer together? Um, the, I, I can't really see what they're supposed to do with the way we just punted a ball, up, ball after ball after ball up to them when they're exactly. They're just going to get beaten in the air by West Brom. West Brom has set up for that. It, oh, it was so frustrating to watch. Um, just a couple of other uh, tweets to pick up on. We're talking about the first half in general. Uh, Nick Brett. Um, it sums it up about poor team selection, failure to predict their tactics and bad defending, um, which, is, which is a great summary, to be honest with you. <laughs> Absolutely right. Um, and, and, you know, like I said, in terms of the actual selection of players, <laughs> yeah, it, 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 I, we can all say with hindsight it wasn't right, but I go back to what we said earlier on. You know, you wouldn't have changed that, that team against Spurs, but the, the system just did not match, did not match what West Brom did to us. And you can give credit to them for that, but, you know, I think... Partly because it's Pulis, I don't want to give them too much credit, but you know, really, I think this is about us and how poorly we did, Patrick. Yeah, I will say, um, I tweeted this out yesterday. It's very difficult to change your system middle of the season, Chris. Um, we've always played a certain way. We've never really played four four two. I get why he's changed it. We've brought in Adebayor. We've got Wickham healthy. But if you've got Balassi and Zaha putting balls in those two, you know, it's not going to work. I, I point to Man United. Look how people have been playing about how boring they've been. And all of a sudden, they get a new kid named, you know, Marcus Rashford. They put balls in the box, and the kid scores four goals in two games. It's not changing the system. It's just saying now he's going to get balls in the box to a younger player. So that works. So if we can get balls into the box, you know, it'll look different. But, like, right now, it's not going to work because it's, it's a different system for us. But like I said, the way we're set up now, it couldn't possibly work. But it can work if you do certain things to kind of tweak what you do. <laughs> um, so I've just noticed a message from Joe that's come in. Um, <laughs> <laughs> no, look, you're right, Patrick. And to be honest, Pardew spotted that because uh, Balassi's warm-up at half-time just consisted of cross after cross Crossy. after cross. Right, exactly. And he put, he put in six or seven crosses in the, in the first five minutes of the second half. It was it was so obvious that he, he recognised the problem, but, you know, that's that's it's amateur to only be able to do uh, something about it in, in, yeah, in the second half. Yep. You know, it's just, it is amateur, and he's going to get stick, and rightly so, for it. But look... Um, Eagles Kev, who's changed his Twitter name to We Will, we will Beat Sunderland, like the positivity. Um, he's talking about uh, Adebayo and Wickham. He says, no, maybe when Adebayo gets match fit, but clearly not at the moment. Um, but, you, you know, I, I agree. I, I, do, I do think that's a really good case to, to say that if we start playing to their strengths, they've got a chance and we shouldn't write them off straight away. Nick? 
Joe Berto in the chat room, wholeradio.net forward slash chat, said he thinks that 442 needs far too much work for, as you said, halfway. And he's worried if we try that again this season, it'll probably be on Tuesday then. Um, Lions again, taking over the chat room. Um, said Patrick's point about getting crosses in goes back to what he's been saying for months. It was never a striker we needed, it's the supply into them. Yep. Um, Rad Siren Dot. I never rated much, but the past two games, especially yesterday, he's put in a proper shift. And a couple of other people in the chat room are saying that much did all right. So it's it's um, it's amazing that people watching the same game can have such differing opinions. Yeah. That's <laughs> football. Yeah. Uh, I must say, yeah. but when, when the second goal went in, I stopped caring. And I thought, life's too... <laughs> Life's too short to be worrying about this. And the, when I stopped caring too much, we actually started playing better. <laughs> so it's your fault. Look, um, if people, look, people are bringing up Jordan much, um, so look, let's do it. Let, let's, let's put myself in a position where I can get some abuse. Um, <laughs> look, do you know what? The thing is, I, I genuinely understand um, and, and respect the fact that people like to uh, support in our players because, you know, that... We 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 are supporters, and you don't want to you don't want to just rubbish a player, particularly when the player is putting in a huge amount of effort. You know which Jordan much is. He's putting in a huge amount of effort. I would never call him lazy. I, I, I would just call him not of the quality that we need. Um, as I've said, I have criticised in this game. I will criticise his positional play, um, whether it was his fault or whether you can blame Pardew. I'm not too sure. You know, to be honest with you, I, I'm not going to claim I know enough to be able to pinpoint that. Maybe, maybe um, he was given a free roll, Chris. Maybe, maybe he was, and, it, and if so, that's... But I, I think, to me, and, and I mean this with the greatest respect, Jordan Much is being shoehorned into the team. It, it, it's not being picked because he's the best option we have to play on the left wing, because he isn't the best option we have, we've got to play left wing if we're going to start 4-4-2. It, it, just, it just isn't, and I say that because, in my view, they, they, there couldn't be too many people any worse. So, Chris, sorry, um, with Palassi being out, who would you have started instead of much then? Just curious. Well, I believe, obviously, Kai Kai is fit, so okay. I would, I would I... like to have seen that. Okay. Um, but in all honesty, Dwight Gale has played left side. I'd have given that a go. I would give, there's a lot of players I would have given a go ahead of Jordan Much because I just do, I think when you, when you lose the shape that we lose when he plays wide left, it's, it's, it's dangerous, you know, and it's not just him. People are, are mentioning it because I've spent two weeks slating him, <laughs> and, and I understand that as well, but I, he wasn't, he wasn't the, the, the main problem yesterday. The main problem was that the whole team played like strangers, not just Jordan Much. Jell is coating me in absolutely slagging me off in the chat, but do you know why Jell's doing that? Because he wants Much to play over Jason Punchin. That's why. That's the only wow. reason why. Now, if Punchin was playing wide left yesterday... We would not have had anywhere near the problems we had with Jordan Much playing there. Because you know what? Jason Punchin knows the position. You know, I'm, I'm sorry, that is, a, that is my opinion. <laughs> and Joe will have a different opinion. It's I not know, down to Much. He said it's, uh, Lions has said it's, we didn't lose shape because of Much. It was everybody. And you're just using Much as an escape to go. <laughs> well, no, I'm not. I'm not at all. Not, not at all. I would, I, honestly, if you, want, if you play the entire first half, do I have to? You, 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 no, you, you don't have to. But you, you will have you will have forty five minutes of watching Jordan Much wander off the wing and leave what is essentially a right back, a left back on his own. You know, watch watch the third goal 
watch it. It is absolutely horrific to watch our left winger running around on the right hand right hand side of the pitch, while you know an easy ball out to Sessegnon just just just, just cut cuts us apart. You know, it's not just him. I'm picking on specific incidents because people have raised Jordan much to me. There are so many other problems, but, you know, it, it comes down to the fact that, you know, I will acknowledge 100% yesterday Jordan Much was amongst our best players when you consider the second half and when you consider, you know, the, the effect he had on the game there. And, and to be honest, that, that clip of him right late on in the game, um, running back the full length of the pitch to put in a great challenge. That's brilliant. You know, that is, and I, you know, that's in my notes. It's absolutely brilliant to see that level of commitment. But I've said this in our, in our conversations off air. We can't, we cannot, you could fill a team with people who can run around a lot, but if they can't actually, if they don't play as part of a team and they can't maintain the discipline of the position that's required because they're so, oh, you know, I'm so keen to get involved in the game, but I'm going to abandon my you know, my post. It's a team game. You don't do that, you know? Anyway, look, it's, he, he, he has improved massively, but in my view, he is still, with the greatest respect, he is still not up to Premier League football. Anyway. Is he, trying, is he trying too hard, do you think, Chris? Yeah, maybe that's it. Maybe that is it, you know? Um, it's, it's, yeah, yeah, I think, I think certainly if you look at the first half, because we were struggling, um, I think maybe he is. Maybe the reason he's coming off the wing is to try and get more involved in the game. But, you know, there you go. Can I, can I give a shout out to at Tom Moran 1 for the uh, <laughs> game? Yeah. Thanks, Tom. <laughs> you know, yeah, yeah, I'm being, um, I, you know, I'm being completely set up for this because, you know, I, I would never claim that the guy doesn't try. He does try. But, you know, to be honest with you, if you think about it, I'm, in the past, there's a, there's a list of players that have played for Palace that I've defended. You know, like, I defended the effort that Calvin Andrew used to put in, you know. I'm not, I'm not really an unfair person, you, you know. Did not. And, and, but you know what I mean? I, I just think, you know, people have got to understand that this isn't a snap judgment I'm making, you know. I, I just think that, yeah, the, the desire to defend much, because he has become a bit of a scapegoat, and, and not for me, you know, I, I just think he's been shocking. But, <laughs> but <laughs> the de- desire to defend him, I totally understand. People are being slightly abusive to me for it, but fine, Chris. you know. I'll say this. I defended Yaya Sonogo last year. Yeah. And yesterday, he finally scored those three goals. They still lost, though. <laughs> exactly. And yeah, the other yeah. thing I'll say is, you know, um, you talk about much, but yesterday, you know what? He does run around a lot, put in the effort. And, and, and I kind of know what you're saying, but I've got as much problem with Ledley lately as I do with much. Because to yeah. me, he's, he's lost the official centre. He's dropped off tremendously from last year. And he, to me, has as big a problem as... For you have with much, as far as I'm concerned. If, if Jordan Much started every game in the centre, and to be honest with you, there's there's a, a case to say that with the with the form of the players playing centrally, right. that maybe that will happen. Maybe yep. with Balassi back, instead of assuming Much will drop out the side, he'll get to play in his natural position. You know, I'd I'd like to see him get a few games in there. I'll be honest. He, he, for me, he can't like you say. Ledley's been struggling. Jedinak's been struggling. I've got no problem if Jordan Much plays central. You know, I think he's got a really good shout of, of, of proving me incredibly wrong. But you know, while MacArthur's out, he's an option there. But stop putting him left wing for Christ's sake, because it just, it's, you know, it's like, oh, it's just not good. It is not good. Anyway, Tav, you wanted to say stuff uh, before I dig yeah, myself any a, deeper hole. Yeah, just a couple of tweets. Um, Johnny JWG CPFC says better than Kabai has been recently. 
Um, Lank Siegel, CPFC Northwest, says he had a blinder in the second half yesterday. He's improving. Um, and you've also got Richard Harvey who agrees with you. When he plays through the middle, yes, but out wide doesn't work. Um, then you've got Ginger Nuts saying much in the first half was the only Palace player who looked up for it. Looking up for it, but, you know, just not having the ability to back it up. I'm going to get so sleepy. <laughs> I'm going to stop talking. Keep going. I love it. I really love it. Go I know, on. I know. We've had some great, great um, off-air chats where um, Lucy was talking about him being our man of the match and stuff like that, and I was just <laughs> constantly going, wasn't I? I wouldn't let up. I was like, yeah, yeah, he runs around a lot. Yeah, yeah, let's fill the team with people who run around a lot, you know. Bill Barber. We just need to go back onto that, onto that run he made in the second half that we spoke about earlier. Yeah. He just picks, he loses, he loses the ball. Fair enough. But then no one else would have made the run that he did to run back and pretty much, he didn't stop it, but he pretty much did. He, Look, yeah. You couldn't no, imagine Punction doing that, could you? No, you, 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 you couldn't. You couldn't. Oh, I can yeah, you could. He's done it before. Come <laughs> no. on, stop it. Yes, he has. Come no, on. Any stop other it. winger to oh. actually do that. You couldn't imagine Wilf doing that. He would just sit yeah, there. Yeah, Wilf and... does all the time. No, he just sits there and moans. <laughs> he gets, he gets terrible. Are you serious? He gets the only put... one to know this much. It's going to be a fight soon. Um, can, I, can I just uh, no. grab somebody no. from the chat room? He's, he's oh. got the solution. You neck tease. Poofed. We just need 11 Alan Lees. We'll be all right. Uh, okay. I'm going to pick up on a few tweets. I'm going to end with the one that supports me. Um, is it Grinton from touch just said generally is from a mum, yeah. Don't worry, Chris, you're always right. You're my special little soldier, she says. No, that's not true. She's never said that to me. She hates me. Um, uh, Grinton got in touch saying players just not switched on uh, for the money they earn. It's disgraceful. It's a general comment about the first half. Uh, Midge, Midge CPFC talking about um, much said he improves each game was excellent in the second half versus West Brom could quite easily been four at the end but for him running the length of the pitch which is true um, but I just go back to the fact that Jordan much tends to start games appallingly and and he he basically the problem I've had in the past with him specifically was the whole had this whole team did it yeah, um, yesterday in that we we just went out and didn't didn't know what we were doing for 45 minutes and then Someone told us what to do, and we were much better. You know, that's that's how it's been for me. But um, Terence, who thank God Terence has got in touch to support me. Um, and, <laughs> I you go read that one. Go ahead. Read um, it. He says he's performed close to the best of his average abilities, but he's a trial, which makes many Palace fans rate him more than is warranted. You're so right, Terence. You and me <laughs> against the world, pal. <laughs> it's a good job on thick skinned, isn't it? That's when you know there's a problem. Do I mean thick-skinned or fat? I'm not sure. One of those two <laughs> things. Anyway, um, look, we, other things were mentioned there. One of those things was that um, uh, that, that Kabai um, struggled as well, that you know, much perhaps performed better than him. And I know, Nick, you wanted to bring that up. Yeah, in the chat room, they're talking about he should be playing a bit further forward in the way that kind of Fabregas has been of recently. Um, getting some lovely feedback from Joel Waldino in the chat room. Thanks, Joel. Um, and they're talking about who who could replace these players coming in. You know, with Boateng or um, anybody else or Kai Kai come in and, and do a better job. And if we were to bring them in, would that make the other players raise their game? Because is there is there a sense that their their starting positions there, and they 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 don't need to push themselves enough to to stay in the squad. And that maybe that's why Much is running about so much because he wants to stay in the team. <laughs> 
Um, it's possibly. And you meant we mentioned Kai Kai and all that kind of. Actually, go on, Patrick. Before I get into that, you go. Yeah, I want to go on on Kabai. I mean, with all due respect, people. If you if you watch Kabai play, if you've watched him play, he cannot play further forward. It's not how he likes to play. He likes to get the ball off the back four, yeah. and then. He doesn't want to be behind the striker. It's too far up the field. He likes to get stuck in, make tackles. So people have been saying this for, for weeks and for months about moving forward. He doesn't like playing there. So you can't play a player who doesn't like to play there further forward. And it was, I, I'm talking about the problem right now with him is he's missing MacArthur. He misses a player when he picks up his head to get the ball to it, get the ball back, or keep the ball, make a good pass. He has right now, he has Ledley. He had, um, obviously, he's had, he has much. You know, he's had punching in there. Punching, actually, he, a couple of times, has done very well. But, but again... Putting him further forward, it doesn't help Kabai. He doesn't, he doesn't play well further forward. He has to be in front of that back four, in front of the screen, and that's how he plays best. And I think right now, one, he's definitely hurt to me. And he's very frustrated. You can tell he's, he's actually frustrated at what's going on on that field. So, yeah. No, I, I think with the MacArthur thing is very important because... Um, he misses him a lot. It, it, it's We miss it's him the, a lot. It's, yeah, we do. It's the box-to-box element, you know, yeah. that MacArthur brings, I've said before. Because when you look at the first half performance and just how even with two up front it, we were isolated, you know, Adebayor was was collecting the ball in our own half at times, um, you know, when we were trying to play the ball on the ground. But you know, we struck we're struggling doing that at the moment, and confidence has a huge amount to do with that. that. You know, let's not, you know, let's not downplay the abilities of our team too much. They're just not quite right at the moment. They're not we're not confident enough on receiving the ball. You know, it's the, it's that horrible thing where when it's not going for you. You know the touch is heavy. You know you could see it. We've we've got some really good players who, for some reason, just occasionally can't seem to control a football. Um, and that is just a lot of stuff. Overthinking. Oh, you know, trying to trying to do a little bit too much. And it's I don't know. Look, it's it, it's a horrible, horrible time to to be a Palace fan at the moment. But having said that, we've had a lot worse. We really have. Um, We'll, we'll get into some more specifics about the game, I think. I'm just reading some of, them, <laughs> some of the other Sorry. tweets that have come in, um, mainly from Mikey, who's not producing today, um, saying, I agree, he's useless, but enough about Chris. Much has been all right. <laughs> cheers, cheers, Mikey. He's such a, such a nice guy. I'm glad. glad. Um, so look, after we went 3-0 down, it was, you know, it, it, was just, it was just a mess. It really was. And um, I think shortly after that happened... Um, I, was, I was sort of looking at our response, just looking for something. And we got a free kick in our own half. Um, and it was just everyone, just waved everyone forward for the long ball again. You know, that was thir- I think I've written it, it was 37 minutes. We'd already had 37 minutes of a half of us smacking it long to no effect. And we're still doing it. You know, there's got, there's got to be leaders on that pitch. There's got to be players on that pitch that, that manage the game better. Because Pardew can't run out there and, and point and tell everyone what to do. There's a limited amount he can do from the sideline. Um, and, and I think the, the leaders in our, our team have got to look at themselves. Uh, and Lyons was making that point earlier about, about the, you know, particularly Dan and, and Delaney, the centre-backs, organising midfield, pointing out you know, where they need to be and all that kind of stuff. Tav said it as well about the communication that wasn't, was clearly wasn't happening. Um, and, and so what is causing this, this lack of cohesion? Uh, you know, why, why do people not know where their teammates are, Patrick? I'm going to go there. Um, can we change the goalkeeper? We've gone, ten, we've gone 10 matches and not won a game. I could not imagine any other goalkeeper in our squad going 10 matches, not winning a league game, sorry, and keeping his position. Now, listen, we talked about this for weeks and weeks. I've, you know, I'll admit 
I was I was not a big fan in the beginning, but I, I want the man to do well. I think it would start from the goalkeeper, and I think that is causing a problem with our back four. We are very, very hesitant on crosses and other, and other things happening in the box. The man does not command the box. Is it is fought on any of the goals yesterday? Absolutely not. But I'm just saying that, for me, the lack of leadership and from Delaney and Dan, who people have said, I don't job in the past, of, you know, captain size in the, in the past, exactly. That's a huge problem for us. And I think that just changing the keeper might instill something. You know, people make fun of Speroni as far as, you know, you know he's, he's, he's passed, etc. But I've, I've always had a certain amount of confidence when Jules is in the goal as far as the way he talks, the way he commands the box, the way he, well, maybe not command the box, but just the way he's in his presence in, in, in the goal. And I think if we made a change in the goalkeeper, it couldn't hurt. Maybe those four players in front of him now get a little bit more confidence and then that, 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 that communication comes back. But I, I just can't believe that we haven't made the decision yet, to, you know, as, uh, as far as changing our goalkeeper. Tab Patrick. Patrick, I agree with you. I think the change does need to be made, but I think reality does need to set in. For so long, Palace fans have been wanting Spironi in goal. We can want as much as we want. Right. But in agreement, I think everyone could admit that we've seen Spironi's last game as a player. He'll go into coaching at some point in the near future. We will never see him play in a Palace shirt again. That's can, I, can, I, Bruce, can I see that's, McCarthy that's, then? Can I see McCarthy? Because I'll take McCarthy. I really okay. will. I don't think at this stage of the season, after you've played a goalkeeper for so for so many games, that you're going to see a change to be made. Unfortunately, that's the truth. We're not going to see another keeper play this season. It is going to be Hennessy until the end of the season, touch with unless he gets injured. But I think, in all honesty, it's not going to happen. Padre set his sights on one keeper, and that's the way it's going to remain in my you know, eyes. Do you know what, Tev? There's no way we lose. If we lose to Sunderland, there's no way he starts next next week. There's no way. Well, he, 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 made, no he, he made two mistakes in a row couple of weeks back and they're the biggest howlers that probably of his career to be honest right. and Padre said we'll see how see how things go in training if Sproni or McCarthy can step up to the plate and Hennessy doesn't perform as well we will see a change but we didn't and I don't think that's going to change anytime soon. Um, on on uh, the Hennessy situation I do believe Tav is right in saying it won't change anytime soon. Um, I was interested to, to see um, Chris Coleman's comments on on Hennessy. Um, he was he was very very positive about him. Said he's a, you know he's a very confident guy and all that kind of stuff. But you know stop short of talking about him being a commanding goalkeeper. I really do hmm. think I think that yep. was telling. Right. Um, he said he's you know he's he's not let that team down. And, and to be honest with you, you know I, I, again he's another player who I'd say I would never thought thought the the concentration and the effort, but. You know, he has weaknesses in his game that we've all talked about, which is, you know, how quickly he can get down to shots and all that sort of stuff. So, no, it's, um, you know, I, I do, I've I've sort of softened to your point of view, Patrick, because I was, I was very much thinking, you know, along the lines of, you know, he's made some cracking saves. Uh, he's had some very, very good games for us. It's, you know, it, it, it's, it's hard to pick him out. But, you know, when you look at the way Delaney and, and Dan have been sort of, like I said, they, they, sometimes they're defending and blocking shots in the six-yard box. And why why are they having to do that? Why can they? Why are they not trusting their goalkeeper? And another thing that I've pointed out before as well is is where Hennessy tends to catch the ball. He tends to catch it in front of his face. Yeah. You know, he, he claimed a couple of couple of high crosses, but but he's a he's a massive keeper. You know, he's a very very tall goalkeeper and doesn't go up for very long reach. But he's, yeah, doesn't yeah. get anything get anything high. He doesn't seem to have the the confidence that he's going to hold on to it. Um, and I think I think you are possibly right. You're possibly right that that there's a lack of confidence in 
you know, in the ability of the goalkeeper in the defence, and that is having an effect. Um, but Chris, but, how what, how could it hurt at this point? I mean, changing the game, how could it how could it be any worse as far as defensively? We can't get any worse. We haven't won a game. We haven't won a game in two months, a league game. We haven't won in ten. So let's say Julian comes in, we get a couple of nil nils or, or whatever. It, I mean, we, we can't be any worse than we are. I mean, so I I understand you know the frustration and people. I'm not and again, I'm not blaming him necessarily for the ten. No, no, we're not winning in ten. But he's part of that back five that's not doing well in the league. You know. Of, Say okay in the in the cup, but change it, and be something you change things like just for change's sake, you know, and just see something different. And if it doesn't work, I mean, can you you can't go back to him? Why can't you go back to him? It's I mean, we're not blaming him, so why can't you say okay, I'm gonna try? I don't understand that idea. Of you can't go back to them after you take him out. I don't understand that. It's an interesting comment in the chat room, there, Nick. Yep, cool eagle eighty nine said. Uh, even Hennessy's fellow countrymen agreed on goals on Sunday that the first goal was a basic error from Hennessy not waiting to get Dan up the pitch. So basically saying he's, he's getting the ball out too quickly so we can go on a quick break, but the, well, the player wasn't ready for it. Well, no, that I mean, I, I, I know exactly what he's talking about there because Dan came short for the ball, uh, you know, and, and the keeper's obviously got to wait for him to, well, if he's not going to play it to him, he's got to wait for him to get back with his other defenders um, before he smacks it forward. Otherwise, you do have that problem of, of not having any shape. And by the time the header comes back out, again, it might have been Dawson, it might have been Corley who, who headed it, I'm not too sure which, but you know, the header was clearly one above the striker, as it was quite often yesterday. And as it came back and landed with um, the West Brom player in just, just ahead of, just into our half, there was just absolutely no one in their right position. Uh, and it's, it's absolutely right, it really is. Um, but there you go, look, that, that's, you know... It's an, it's a, I think it's an interesting debate. I really do. But talking about uh, the defence, I've noticed we got a um, tweet in from Ben Wilson early on, and he says Delaney's needed a rest for six weeks. Shocking that we didn't sign competition at centre back in January or last summer. Um, of course, it was uh, Michael Hector we were very close to getting before he joined Chelsea and then went back on loan um, to Reading. Uh, and probably will play against us in the FA Cup, I believe. Um, so we were clearly trying to do that, and we're very close to doing that. But I, I agree. I agree that we need something, something there, because you know Delaney himself, he's, he is, he's having a, a bit of a hard time. If we're fair, um, it's, it's. I don't know what do we think about that. Is you know Sam, Sam producing is saying that he's too slow. Patrick, you've you said generally that there's a lack of pace in the in the squad. Is is this something we should have dealt with in January, Nick? Possibly, but I I do like um, Hangerland. I think although he, he he makes up for his lack of speed with with positional skill, and he know he seems to know where to be. And then when he gets the ball, he's calm on it. He's not he's not hoofing it upfield. A um, couple of things in the chat room. Just going back to Hennessy. Um, Paul Ashby um, says, "Sorry, that's a tweet." Um, Sorry, I just need to scroll up a second. Um, Egan Flight <laughs> said, "Patrick's right about Hennessy. Let's get Julian back in. It'd give the defence some stability." Yeah, Paul Ashby is also saying that he had changed the keeper. Uh, Jules or McCarthy would do. Um, he also thinks that Ward and Delaney need to be taken out of the fire, firing line and that Mariepa's our best right back. <laughs> You're laughing. Not me, not me. Tav's laughing his head off. Oh, yeah, Volta. Oh, God. Do you not rate Mariepa? Mariepa's got a bit of pace about him. I, I'm not, he's, you know. He's got, he's got pace. Um, he's got a little bit of skill, but he hasn't got much going for him, to be honest. Really? He's. When he's played, he's played all right in my eyes. In my eyes, he's more of a championship player than a Premier League player. I don't think he's quite up to the standards of the rate 
in which Premier League wingers will attack against him. I've, I've seen fun. him. Yeah, I've seen him struggle obviously against a few. Um, the memorably I've talked about before against Eden Hazard. Um, but yeah, look, you know, I, I, again, I, I think Wait, Eden Hazard when he played a year last year, that Eden Hazard. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, yeah, but I mean, against him a lot. Yeah, I know, I know. <laughs> so, I mean, I understand what you're saying, but you know, just go quick, quickly on that. Um, yeah, yeah. That's not a bad shout, you know. Mariapa has, you know, again Hazard aside has never let us down he has that speed imagine having him and Suarez on the outside it would make up for a lot of the lack of speed in in, in the center areas my problem with Mariapa is that he's not very good going forward he's, his crossing is absolutely terrible but defensively for me he's decent and he, and he is quicker than uh, Ward or Kelly so that wouldn't be a bad shout I've uh, got a few more tweets I, I, I want to cover. Um, Upper Homes, I got in touch talking about missing MacArthur, saying 100% missing. Retention of possession is irreplaceable at the moment, as uh, Jedinak has proof. Uh, from the Palace, got in touch earlier on saying Adbayo off the ball was terrible, left on midfield exposed, added to the fact our defence was off their faces, <laughs> which I enjoyed. Um, there's uh, Grinton's got in touch about Wickham, um, you know, about, about the positives, and I promise you we'll be talking about some positives in just a moment, because um, there were some. Absolutely worth some. But an interesting question came in from uh, from Skippy Windsor. Um, if we spent the £10 million for Kabai on a centre-back and a left-back, would we be in a better or worse position in the league? Interesting question. Nick? Well, wasn't half the reason for buying Kabai so that we could attract other quality players into the team? Um, and if so, where are they? <laughs> Said with a sort of sort of a vagueness that I enjoy. Yeah. Um, I, I don't know. I I, I am st- I am still delighted that we signed Kabai, um, but I think the observation that he's struggling at the moment is absolutely true. Um, he's being kicked off the park pretty much at the oh, moment. Yeah, that, it was yeah. awful yesterday, wasn't it, John? I know, know we 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 had a a five minute ref rant, but oh god. And it's it's these fine margins with the games. However awful we were first half, we were we were so much better second half. And, and were it not for, it was it was just awful refing. And had that penalty been given for Dan, which was a blatant shove, and didn't part you say that the ref was distracted by something else or by something? Ledley, yeah, by Ledley, by beard, I suppose. But <laughs> you know, it, it's yeah. it's the fine lines, these fine margins that, that are costing us games and it's been the lot, only a couple of games where we deserve to lose yeah, look uh, we'll, we'll, come back, the difference. we'll come back to uh, to some ref bashing in just a moment but Patrick I think you wanted to comment on that on the question of, of whether Kabai as a signing would have been, money could have been better spent elsewhere. Well two things, I will say Kabai is getting targeted for sure, yesterday they used both Chester and uh Jakob to kick the you know what out of him, which is ridiculous. And and I think that's Hey it's Ryan Reynolds and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If only in theaters, May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do. It. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on Us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of forty-five dollars equivalent to fifteen dollars per month. Unlimited over forty gigabytes per month, face lower speeds. Videos at four eighty p. Active mint customers by five thirty-one twenty-four. Get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply. If rated PG. Away days are great, but there's nothing quite like playing at home. The same goes for McDonald's. Maximize your home ground advantage with McDelivery. You in? Order now on the McDonald's app. 
At participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. That's, something's got to change because the referee's got to protect him better. Um, as far as, I'm not really sh- I mean, I like uh, Skippy's question. I the center back, definitely. I'm not sure left back. I would have maybe gone with a, oops, with a right back, uh, maybe, because, I mean, we've got three in Kelly Ward and Mariapa, but honestly, if he can get on a, someone a little better. You know the kid that signed for West Ham? What's his name again? From uh, Byram would have been a good signing. Oh, yeah, yeah. Uh, so I mean, I mean there, there were there were some. I mean, someone mentioned on Twitter yesterday about you know dipping the championship, you can get some decent players. I mean, Byram's there. They've also got the left back. Uh, they got, they got to get last year from Burnley. Uh, yeah, uh, Trippier. Uh, so I mean, there are some players that we could have maybe picked up you know a year ago or, or this or or, or or you know in in January. But it, it's time again. January market is always going to be tough for us. So we had to address that more in the summertime. So we definitely missed we missed we definitely missed something getting a centre back uh, this summer for sure. Yeah. Uh, yes, and that's, that's something that's really got to be addressed, and hopefully be, it will be addressed in the Premier League rather than anything worse. Uh, don't just, you dare. Don't you dare. Yeah, well, you know. It's not the Come on, be positive. Be positive. Um, uh, Paul, just to finish off on the Mariapa thing, Paul Ashby making a very good case for, for Mariapa, saying that uh, he's also good in the air and can cover crosses much better than Ward. Um, I like I like the contribution Ward makes going forward. You know, he's a, he's been very forward-thinking of late, um, linking up well on the wing usually, but... Um, you know, he's always had this uh, bit about him where he doesn't doesn't stop too many crosses, but that just frustrates me a little. And again, we start talking about the confidence at the back. He's had a tendency to to try and cover centre backs when he doesn't really need to be covering them. Um, so there, there's there's something definitely going on uh, in terms of our back line at the moment. And and I think probably all of the different things we talk about, uh, there's probably a bit of truth to all of them if we're, if we're being honest. You know, in terms of we're a bit slow. The keeper's not really inspiring them, you know, and um, maybe, maybe just a couple of players in, in there do need a rest. Um, let's talk about the ref and then we'll get into some, some of the more positive stuff for the second half. Um, I, I suppose the, the penalty incidents were in the second half, so it kind of moves us into there quite nicely. The, the first one, the, the push on Dan, it, it's, it's unmissable. It's, you know, he is absolutely. He missed it. Dan is absolutely going to connect with that ball, and he's running at quite a pace when he was doing it. It you know it was an excellent corner, and he you know he is very likely going to head that home. You know he's he scored some good goals this year. He, he's a real danger, um, but more importantly, we you know it's not that long after we got but got it back to three one. It's the, it's how that that goal would change that game. Um, you know, and I'm, I'm going to take this opportunity just to point out something that, that happened yesterday when Mark Bright was making that point on Twitter and he got absolutely crucified by people. That is, that is unacceptable. To, you know, have a laugh and a joke about it, but you crucify a, a, a club legend like Mark Bright like that. I, I am, I was honestly, I was just disgusted by it. You know, whether you want to call him a yes man or what, but you know, he was making a valid point. He wasn't saying that the first half was good. He was just saying it's a different game if we get the deserved decisions. And it would have been, you know. We might not have scored that penalty in all fairness, but the point he was making, it was a blatant penalty that should not have been missed. And for him to get that level of stick was disgusting, absolutely disgusting. Just my view, but there you go. Um, Patrick, you wanted to speak at some point there. <laughs> yeah, just... um. It, it changes the game, Chris. I mean, look at look what happened. We, I mean, a week earlier, Jedi grabs, you know, uh, 
Dini gets a penalty called to him. It changes the entire, the, the whole the spirit of that first half when, when Watford go ahead. <coughs> what are these referees doing? Do they not meet and say, okay, last, last week we decided that if, you, if there's stuff going on in the box, we're going to call the penalty. Or there's one guy decides, you know what? I don't like Palace, or I won't say it that way. Um, I'm going to decide today to become, you know, Mr. Um, ref, and I'm going to call everything in the box. And then the following week, a guy is eased out for an obvious penalty kick, and it's not called. I don't, I don't understand. I don't understand what referees are doing. I don't understand what the PGMOL does as an organization. I don't understand how we have so much mediocre refereeing. That's a penalty that changes the entire game. You're right, Chris. From three-one, if we score, it's three-two. And again, anything can happen from there. Anything. I don't understand how that that isn't called. He's looking right at what's going on in the box. It's just an awful call. And John Moss is an absolutely terrible referee. He just he he's is. awful. He- you know, he's, he's got a history against us. Uh, he really does. He's positions. so bad. He's out of shape. Can he get in shape at least? <laughs> I, uh, I preferred him when he was a drummer for Culture Club. I knew that was coming. Every time, Nick. Every time. Every time. time. Yeah. <laughs> um, uh, you know, and, and obviously Balassi had a, a call later on as well, which was, you know, I suppose it wasn't quite as clear cut, but he was definitely caught. Okay, he, the, the ball had probably gone a little bit out of his control. Um but you know it, it's usually given you know when there's quite clear contact in the box on a, on a player just because when he gets the ball first they they're given so realistically we should have been given two penalties and we could have won that game what we deserved you know particularly after the first half performance doesn't really come into it when you when you're looking at you know when you're looking at pretty much cast iron facts that we we would have had a very strong opportunity to win the win that match if the right decisions have been given, so I completely understand that point being made, and I and I think people, you know, as they as they like to do at the moment, have let, let their emotions cloud the, their judgment in in dealing with Mark Bright on that particular issue. So you know, I was so I was a bit disappointed in that, in all honesty. But um, look, you know, we we still got what we deserved. We really did. Um, you know, if if we wanted a devote, uh, devote actually Johnny Esther, uh, I am at I am the law has just got in touch to say the same point I was just about to say. Some psychic listeners today, um, and he says the, sh- the show isn't long enough to discuss the refereeing performance. You know, and he's right. There, there was a huge amount wrong there. Uh, but look, let's look at the positives. The last he came on, just just so many crosses, changed the changed the way we played, changed the way the. We approached the game and, and West Brom couldn't really cope. All they could really do was slow the game down and sort of pack pack their own half. It, um, it, it was... And we gave them the right to do that, unfortunately. Um, uh, go on, uh, we'll, Tav, we'll come back to the, your, your question about refereeing in a sec, but um, I think Nick wants to make a point on that. When, when Balassi came on, you've got Wilf on one wing, Balassi on the other, and it, it puts the other team in sixes and sevens because you've got two complete and utter players that can destroy defences and that it, it just puts the fear of God up to them into them doesn't it and and it's it's the psychology again it's we, we, we bossed it for the first 10 minutes of that second half absolutely bossed it yeah we know we did we did and, and uh, you know in my in my notes I've, I've said it's, it's all very well playing like this but we've given ourselves too big a mountain to climb and unfortunately I was, I was right about that but you know it was quite close by the end but uh, you know then- uh, the bright light on the horizon is that um, Balassi is going to get fitter, so he he should be able to start games. And the like I said earlier, the only reason he didn't start was because he's not not back to full match fitness yet. Once he is, there you go. Yeah. Well, very quick, Tav. We'll we'll pop back to your question on refereeing. Yeah, I just wanted to 
something I've noticed, well, you can, everyone will notice week on week, Wilf gets on the bad dis- bad decisions on the referees week in, week out. I mean, there was obviously that one with Chris Brunt, um, which the referee called for a foul before it looked like he was severely injured. But, but, but do you notice it was so ridiculous? Wilf, Wilf conceded a free kick because Brunt got a calf strain. Yeah. That's that, my problem. That is happens. It, is it, is, that actually is it, happened. Is it, is it his reputation of going down too easily or is it something of, as well at the same time, him going in too silly on challenges when he gets frustrated? I don't know what it is, but he just seems to be at the middle of very, some very bad decisions with referees. It's just the constant thing I've noticed week in, week out. He is always constantly on the bad side of referees. I don't know how, I don't know why. It's just um, something which... It, He's a player who's always going to give the referee decisions to make continuously, because he runs at pace. He runs at pace with you know with tremendous skill, and you know even sometimes the thing the thing about you know it's a little bit like when we used to talk about AJ, you know, and anticipating a challenge. Sometimes Wilf, you know, Wilf has in the past very much looked like he's dived. You know, I, and I, I wouldn't necessarily call his call his integrity into question, but you know. Sometimes the contact is is minimal, but what I've noticed is he gets he gets a lot of fouls ignored for when the feet there's no uh, contact with feet, but it's the upper body or the thigh or something like that. Just a, just a little touch as he runs past people at pace, and it's because the referee seems to be looking at his feet and, and seeing that there's no contact made, so it's not a foul. Um, I don't think the referees are competent enough to be able to call the kind of decisions. That need to be called for Wilf on a regular basis, if that if that makes any sense at all, Nick. I'm just wondering if the fact that Will's quite stroppy with the refs anyway, whether that goes against or goes against him a little bit. Well, probably, but it shouldn't, should it? Let's face it. No. Joe Berto in the chat room, wholeradio.net forward slash chat says that um, Will sometimes does dive, but mainly because he gets booted all over the shop. But he gets no free kicks if he doesn't anyway. Yeah, yeah. It does actually. Yeah, to be fair, it doesn't make that much of a difference, does it? <laughs> Whether he's caught or not, but um, no, look, I don't know. I, I understand the point you're making, Tav. He, he is one, but he's one of a fair few um, who just simply don't seem to get decisions. Um, look, we've um, we've talked quite a lot, so let's let's get to the the, the positives um, uh, in a bit more detail. Well, in fact, let's let's talk about Connor Wickham. Not the best of first halves, as you said, Patrick. Quite easily could have been replaced at half time with the entire team, to be honest with you. But um, second half. Two excellent goals, really. The, the first was all about um, anticipation, not giving up, and and it's not wasn't an easy finish at all, was it, Patrick? No, it wasn't. The way he, you know, what I liked about it was that he kept on running because he could have easily given up on that run, even though the confusion in the in the, the the defenders with West Brom, but he kept on running, you know, knocked over the goal on his head, and then it was a tight angle with left footed. By the way, he's right foot though, isn't he? Uh. <laughs> No, the penalty a, kick. That's why I'm thinking a, the penalty kick. Yeah, yeah, yeah no, you're right. right. So right. he's got a very, I mean, he's got a very good left foot. I mean, you know, because that second goal was absolutely brilliant. I mean, the way he took that that goal was was really good. So he's a two-footed player. So, again, I just really think that, you know, you give him enough chances up front, he will definitely score for us. And I know that um, Terence is a very big fan of his, and I think he's going to be uh, proven right as far as, you know, him uh, being a, a really good acquisition for us. Yeah. No, I mean, I was, I was absolutely delighted to... Um, to see him actually score the score the goals and 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 yeah the the first one was pleasing because it was it was the effort but the second one showed the quality that he's got 
Um, I mean, it's, it's it's a strong case for goal of the season for us. I think so far, I can't. I don't know. My head hurts. I can't remember too many goals this season. There haven't really been many, but um, hmm. but but the technique for that for that shot into the top corner was was just spectacular. And you know, it was it gave it gave us a huge lift. It was just a shame we didn't have enough time to to get anything else from the game. But it was a great strike, wasn't it, Nick? It was a fantastic strike. And, and what got me was his react. Even after his first goal, we were we were quite near the front, um, and. The way he got the crowd going, and he he just looked so pleased to to score. Not only score, but you could see he was happy to be a Palace player. And we were saying about them not trying, maybe not trying hard enough, but he, and the team spirit. But but Wickham did did seem to have the team spirit. And Balassie yeah. as well, when he came on, was geeing the crowd up a bit, and you know, come on, help us, and we'll 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 go for it. Yeah, and uh, you know, there's there's a lot to be to be positive about you know Wickham did did superb as we just talked about two great goals led the line brilliantly um, you know that you know as well as the two penalty shouts Dan had a had a header cleared off the line you know um, it was just it was just much much better and 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 again I say much you know that that thing we mentioned earlier of him chasing back the whole pitch to make a challenge it was superb that's exactly what we should have seen from the very very start of the game and if anything it makes it all the more frustrating and. You know, with five minutes to go, that the possession, I think, well, 80th minute to 85th minute was 93% for Palace. I mean, that that's just phenomenal. Uh, it they shows were, you um, when you're positive, when you push people. Okay, yeah, West Brom were defending a lead uh, in very much a Tony Pulis style. You know, that's that's what they do. But but that level of possession just shows you what we can do when, when we've got the right attitude, when we've got positive thinking. And when, you know, when, when they're... There's just no space to play around with. We still kept the ball that much. It was just phenomenal and frustrating that we didn't do it earlier. I love the way Balassi does that um, when he's got the ball and he, he seems to touch the ground and the defenders yeah. just haven't got a clue what to do. And the West Brom were crapping themselves. There's a fair bit in the chat that we really, really need to start Balassi against Sunderland because I, if, we don't, <clears> if we don't get straight at them and on the back foot, um, they're going to really fear us and, and melt. Yeah, I'm convinced that uh, part of the reason Balassi didn't start uh, was to make sure he was ready for Sunderland to start that game. Um, but also, um, Bargy said that before the game that his thought was that, that Balassi would come into it in the second half because he, probably like everyone else, probably expected a, a very tight, tense game where it was probably going to be nil-nil going into the last 20 minutes or so. And we were going to need that extra bit of... Uh, that extra spark, if you like, to um, to basically get, win the game, and because of how poor we were in the first half, and because it went so against type, you know, we just needed in that bit earlier, and, it, and you know, it just brought it all into focus. Patrick, do you know what might have really hurt us, Chris? Is that the Chris Brunt coin throwing incident? I thought it kind of unified the whole West Brom, not only the players but the the fans. That didn't help us at all. I mean, you would have thought it would have been oh, more some negativity might have helped us, but I really think that really kind of helped helped them, and it's a shame. It was a shame, and. You know, it, it always seems to be things like that against us when, when I think back to it. You know, quite often <laughs> yeah. we're playing teams when they've just got a new manager or they've just sat their other manager. Or, right. You know, we, we always seem to be, you know, and we also love to be the team that ends other teams' appalling runs. It's, oh our fa- it's, it's like a hobby, basically. Yep. You know, oh, you haven't won in 15 games. Well, come play Palace, we'll sort <laughs> it out for you. You know, I mean, we do the opposite at times too. We end, you know, we end long, brilliant runs and... You know, and the thing is, the thing is with us, we just play better against better teams. 
and I think that's got to be a psychological thing uh, and maybe a psychological thing for the manager as much as the players because you know we've, we've you know we've we've made errors against the, the weaker teams we made errors when we lost to Sunderland we made errors obviously losing to West Brom uh, I'm sure there's plenty of others Villa, Villa. Ter- terrible errors the way we set up there just just didn't again and it, it's all about setting up to be attacking but but kind of losing shape as a result of it. I think I think that kind of sums us up in these in these games where we're playing teams that have got that bit of desperation about them. Because that's that's what it is. We're playing. You know, West Brom had that all lined up as their their must win game. You know, that was their chance, and they're looking at us in poor form, thinking that's it. That's our chance to get a game to get ourselves basically safe in the league, so we can be in the Premier League next year and all that kind of stuff. And really, it should have been the same for us, but we did not start like it was that. We started too casual. We stood off too much, paid them, you know, in some ways not enough respect, and in, in some ways paid certain players too much. And, and it, was, it was just a mess. And a great second half, and it was a great second half. There's no two ways about it. You know, the players on the pitch excelled themselves in that second half, but it does not excuse what we saw in the first half. And it shouldn't, we shouldn't ignore it because it's not the first time we've said that, is it? It's not the first time we've talked in this run of games that the first half performance just wasn't good enough. I, I honestly say this. I, I pretty much every game, um, you know, for, for in recent times, I have thought to myself, I can't wait for half time so we can sort this out. <laughs> you know what I mean? It's, it's, and, and, I was thinking this, you know, I was thinking this a couple of, you know, at least a month ago. I was thinking, I was thinking I've been thinking that an awful lot recently. Um, and yeah, it's, it's, it's got to sort it, got to sort it out. Nick, you've asked an interesting question there, but well, if just well, before we go to the forward reviews. Yeah, how much does playing against a former manager hamper us? Because pull his noses as a team, and all right, we've got a couple of different players. We've got Kabai in there, and we've got Wickham. But do you think it, the, having an opposition manager who knows us doesn't do us any favours? Yeah, because they'll be able to set up a lot better. And the other yeah, but, thing was, but Nick, with, with, it didn't help them when we beat them two 0 at home. So this is true. Just, it depends. I guess it, it just depends. But I don't. I don't think it's a big as big a fact as people make it out to be. I know that. I noticed that the, the manager, our manager, mentioned that in the in the uh, press conference on Friday about playing. You know, he'll he'll know a few of our players, but he didn't fancy half of them. He didn't even he didn't, he didn't really like Balassi for us. He didn't. He didn't want to. He didn't want you know get Zaha. So, but I think it it depends. I think it really has more to do with like just Chris said. We just played. We just started every match this entire calendar year so poorly, except for maybe maybe. Uh, Spurs, but I'm not even sure that was even a decent first half. But the Spurs, you know, league game. But it just it's, it has to change. And again, that, that's that's on the manager. And again, I'll put it on the players too. On the manager, Patrick. Yeah. If our manager wasn't Pardew, Where do you think we? more people would be calling for his head? I, I, if you check on Twitter, people are calling for his head now. So I don't think it matters. I really, I think it. I think it might be more vociferous because if it's, let's say, for instance, like a Holloway who no one liked in the first place, it would have been, he'd been gone five matches ago. Warnock would have been gone eight matches ago, you know, so um, it depends. But I think if it's, you know, I think he's getting a bit of a, um, a, a longer leash. But again, we've got, when are we going to stick with the manager for more than a year? The man has, he started, um, I think, was it December of last year or January? I mean, he hasn't been here, he's been here 13 months. I mean, I understand this run is a very poor run. It's an epically poor run. But if we get rid of him, then we're gonna we're back to square one. And someone said, "Who are we gonna get?" 
we got to get someone in here again. Start from. We're going to start this whole thing over again. I say we stick with the manager as bad as it is right now. We ride this out. We hopefully stay up and we get to the cup final and we go from there. But the thing of changing the manager at this point is I understand the whole thing with the tactics being off and he doesn't know what he's doing in certain times. But this is not the time to change the manager. It's, 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 that's, that's madness for me. Again, that's just me. Yeah, no, look, yeah. I, I'm, I'm not in any way thinking, oh, go on, Nick, you would said you straight in, go on. Well, there, there are a couple of people said that if this run happened at the start of the season, it would be different. Um, we'd, we'd be at the bottom. We'd, we'd, we we'd would be. We'd be Iceland Villa right now, exactly. Yeah, but, um, and I forgot the other point I was going to make now. Great. Um, no, look, for, for me, uh, the, the, the managerial situation, you know, it's not, it's, not a, it's not time for a change. But what it is time for is a reaction, a proper reaction. A, a, yep. You know, some. Change something. Stop yes. sending the team out the same way. Stop yep. being so predictable. You know, all all that all the teams seem to need to do against us um, is to look at how we played at the start of the first the previous game. Pl- uh, set yourself <coughs> up to play against that. Um, press us high. All you know, keep pressing our players all over the pitch because we can't, you know, keep hold of the ball. Force us to play long ball. Um, and that's it. We will go to pieces. That that seems to be what what you know. Every, every, it was so so predictable, you know. And obviously, we weren't going to change the setup after Spurs, but we should be think. Well, so they say the setup, the lineup, but we should be thinking about the team that we're playing. And I know we do. I know Pardew is got, has got a reputa- reputation for being meticulous in his preparation, but I think he's got it wrong too often. I think he's, you know. How many times have people we've seen the start of games? We've had a little bit of a tactical surprise from the opposition. But well, they, they get the, they get the teams an hour before kickoff. I mean, the, the three that played up front for for mm. West Brom are they all three forwards, or is one of them a midfielder that that got moved forward? Because surely, if you're getting that team sheet an hour before the game, you've got you've got an hour or, or at least half an hour before you you have the team talk to say, look, this is how they've set up. We need to maybe get one centre back just in front of the defence a bit more because look, they've got three three forwards playing. Yeah, but Chris, uh, uh, Nick, sorry, Sessegnon is more of a midfielder, so it would have been that, more that, of a four-four-two, okay. right? So they pushed him a little bit more forward, and uh, so and, and, and to me, he was a man of the match yesterday. He had two assists. That ball that he played for Berahino was brilliant. So oh, yeah. it, it was a little bit different, but again, it's hard. It's, it's, it's hard, Nick. You know, an hour before the match, you don't know how to. You don't know if it's going to be a four-four-two or four-three-three of you know four-three-two-one. You don't know unless they've done it in the past. And I don't. I don't watch West Brom that much. I have in the past, and they're bloody boring to watch. But then play that like that this Aye. season at all. Not they weren't in the first but... half yesterday. Can I ask another question, Chris, before we move on? Oh, to... yeah, well, why not? Go ahead. advocate. When we first got part, you lots of Newcastle fans were saying, you'll go on a brilliant run, then you'll be oh, crap please, for a while. Then you'll go on a brilliant run, then you'll be crap for a while. It's, it's how much truth is in that? Well, I mean, to, to, we've, we've sort of mentioned this before. And all, I, all I'm going to say, I'll, I'll let, do you know what? Those of you... Um, Certainly, those of you downloaded the podcast, get in touch with us during the course of the week and let us know your opinions on that because uh, we won't have time to really for the live contact on this because we're going to move the show on and, and get to the end of it at some point as well. Um, but, but you know, my, my view is simply this, that if you pick any manager in, in general and say, you know what, um, it, you know, he'll do all right at first, but then it will, then it will peter out. You're, probably, you're pretty much going to be right. You know, especially... Especially if you don't put a time scale on it, because that's just what happens, isn't it? That's why there are very few managers who are around long term. You know, in any at any club, you know things go well and then they peter out a little bit, 
and then someone makes a change. That's just what happens. So it doesn't show any, in my view, it doesn't show any degree of um, foresight or anything like that. But the best managers are the ones who can arrest a slide. And if Newcastle fans are saying Alan Pardew doesn't know how to get get teams out of a slide, then he might be right. They they might be right because we haven't seen it yet. And apart from when he joined, of course, when he got us out of a, a huge slide. So there you go. That's um, that's that's just that's just my thinking. We've seemed to have lost producer Sam from our um, setup. I wonder if he's. I wonder if we're still broadcasting. Let's hope so, eh? <laughs> um, anyway, uh, a couple of little tweets, and then we'll get on to. Um, oh dear, Sam's internet has crashed. Uh, Tav, save us. Tav, you need to save us, and uh, you're going to have to play <laughs> the uh, the forward reviews out in a minute. Cheers, Tav. Thanks, mate. Um, I'll, I'll just go off for some contact while he's doing that. Uh, Liam Byrne has pointed out we went zonal mar- marking in the first half. What on earth was going on there? Um, don't know, but very good observation. We did go zonal marking, and that was, um, was a lot to do with uh, with what happened at the when we conceded from the corner. Uh, Nick, if you from the chat room there. Yeah, wholeradio.net forward slash chat jdog3 the Geordie's views aren't relevant Pardew is a common theme but so what if we picked up Rogers would Liverpool fans have been saying told you so who cares actually wrote hoy cares there yeah but I I can autocorrect okay fair enough that's good work well done um uh, Mark Bonici got in touch saying what are your thoughts on Pardew not signing a contact until our prem status is confirmed might regret that (laughs) that's my thoughts (laughs) on that (laughs) Um, Robert Loughran is saying oh and let me see that's in response to what I think it is it is he says uh, to Hull Radio are you lot on drugs he's a championship player at best get a grip that is in response to Sam's tweet of Jordan Much has performed well recently hasn't he Robert I agree with you but I suspect because you said that you're not actually listening what you agree we're on drugs uh, no comment because I could incriminate myself and you can't make me incriminate myself uh, because that that invalidates the conviction. <clears throat> <clears throat> right, let's <laughs> um, let's go to forward reviews. How about that, Gorm? Forward reviews. Paul Henson, goodbye needs a rest. Peter Flaherty, game of two halves. Gareth Johns, appalling, woeful, pathetic, awful. That's not how Tav sounds, but I'm doing it like that. Rough. I can't do an impression of Tav, so I'm pretending he's things like that. Gorm Patrick. Simon Fairclough cannot pass the ball. Can't he? Robert Nestor. Defensive crisis gets worse. Johnny Locke. Stop long ball football. Marcus Summerhays. First half horror show. Daniel Mark Smith. Pardew is tactically clueless. Lynn at LG Bra Meld. I'm really very cross. Chuck, John Moss is blind. Max Underwood at Maximus Nonsense. Cup distracts from league. Fahad Zaidi, keep calm, Balassi's back. Andy Stotesbury at Andy underscore Stokes. Did Laney's past it? Colin Fernley, 442 disaster. Is that offensive, Bags? I don't know. Pretend it isn't. It is to me. <laughs> review the game next week by tweeting hashtag forward review to add whole radio. The all-time Palace 25-man squad. Tweet us your suggestions and we'll choose in or bin. 
so far, the goalkeepers um, in, that have been voted into the squad are Nigel Martin and John Jackson. Defenders, Scott Dan, Eric Young, Nathaniel Klein, Kenny Sansom and Dean Gordon. Midfield, Wilf Zaha, Peter Taylor, Don Rogers, John Salako, Jeff Thomas, Andy Gray and Aki Rihalati. Forwards, Ian Wright, Andy Johnson, Mark Bright, Dougie Freeman. And in the bin, which sounds too negative, but it's not negative, Michael Hughes, Simon Roger, Ashley Cole and John Pemberton. <clears throat> I talked too fast there and now I'm struggling. Um, so we're looking at central midfielders this week. Uh, the vote from Twitter, which I think I'm going to start voting myself in the future. Um, <laughs> but we're talking about Sean Derry this week. Um, when you consider some of the players that haven't even been talked about yet, um, Attilio Lombardo springs to mind. It is a bit of a surprise, I'll be honest. But Derry has an awful lot going for him in terms of um, talking about him. When You, you could suggest that... Um, you know, if Aki Rihalat is in there, and he's you know, essentially just for being an absolute legend, then Sean Derry's got a case as well. So we'll be talking about Derry. I've had a look at how the voting's going. Um, yeah, so there'll be a, there'll be a definite answer from this. Let's just put it that way. Um, but let's talk a bit about him first. Um, Derry's had two spells uh, at the club, Nick. Uh, the first was perhaps not not great, was not the most memorable of spells, but the second, um, he made a huge impact on, on the club that we, we kind of became, the club that we have now. He he epitomised the spirit of that team, didn't he? Really, really did. And he was, I know, his, who who else had the, the moniker Mr. Dependable? But but Derry was as well, wasn't he? And he, you just could see him as being the first name on the team sheet, couldn't you? At that particular time. Whether whether his ultimate 25-man squad with with players that, <coughs> you know, that haven't been in, uh, included yet, um, <laughs> then I don't know. But... Um, uh, uh, a very, very important player for Crystal Palace, nonetheless. Mm. He was, yeah. He was, I mean, he was the glue that held the team together for a bit, I think. He was, yeah. He was just a huge, huge personality. Tav, obviously, Derry's one that you can you can talk about. You, I don't know if you remember his first spell, particularly. Um, it's very certainly very interesting haircuts in that first spell. Um, I've mentioned this before on the show a few couple of years ago, but my favourite of which was he, when he sort of cut it and dyed it so it looked like he was wearing a bobble hat all the time. Um, that's, that's pretty special enjoyed that one um, second second spell he was a completely different player um, moved the ball around great you know all that kind of stuff um, uh, before I, you know I, I cut myself off there because I realised I was speaking when I was asking you Taff you speak oh, I didn't actually support Palace until 2010 so what it was, oh, was it, it was it was sort of to the latter to the, one of my first players that I actually saw in a Palace shirt so to me, he was more of just that iconic leader, um, which everyone sort of looked up to uh, throughout the game. And I've, I can't say much about him because I haven't seen much of him play. Just to clarify for listeners, Tav did, did start sporting Palace uh, in 2010, and that is because he's six years old. All right, that's all it was. <laughs> not because uh, it's a plastic. No, not at all. <laughs> he is, he's only young. Um, all right, well, I'll say what I want about Derry. Um, when when he first joined us, he was, you know, I remember being like, the, you know, a bit of a free kick specialist, but I don't really recall him scoring. He took a lot of them, um, you know. He was he was energetic and but but basically didn't have a huge amount of quality, and you know, people weren't particularly bothered when he left or anything like that. But the player that rejoined us from from Leeds after a bizarre sort of. Um, uh, uh, upturn in form if you like it, it was just it was just odd to watch but um he, he fell out of favor i think it was dennis wise and gus Poyet there at the time um and and joined us on loan initially but before making it permanent and 
I don't know if it was just how bad things had gone for him at Leeds that, that focused him or whether he really had just improved with, with age and coaching, but he was a fantastic influence on the team. Not just a leader, but, but the, the ability, the way he linked defence and midfield and, and, you know, and just, just shored us up a bit. And you know, the fact that he just drove everyone on to, to better themselves. And he was, he was just, just a leader, the leader of the club and, and a huge, huge player in our history, Nick. I think he was very intelligent footballer. I can see, I know he had a short spell as manager of um, Notts County. I've got a couple of Notts He's at Cambridge now, isn't he? Is he? Uh, but um, my friend Nick uh, was absolutely gutted when they got rid of him at Notts County. He said he was the best manager they've had for years. Um, and the chairman was a complete arse to, to get rid of him. Um, I could actually see him managing Palace one day. I really oh, can. Yeah, yeah, I agree. Yeah, future Palace manager, definitely. Uh, in the chat room, uh, Red Siren Dot said it's a tough call. Yeah, okay. Um, I think we're going to have to start talking about Arian or Bin. Um, I haven't gone yet. Oh, sorry, Patrick. <laughs> I forgot about you. Oh, I feel so left out. I don't know why I forgot about you. I think it's because. No, it's understandable. Um, I think it's. Oh, it's because I, was, I look at the long sort of line on, on my screen of, of people who are talking, and you've, you've moved to a different location on my oh, screen. Sorry. I don't know why you did that. That's I your didn't fault. Me too. Yeah. Oh, you know why? Because um, Sam's gone, probably. That is exactly oh, it. Well, yes. Sam. Anyway, Patrick, what do you think about Sean Derry? Really want to hear your opinion on this. Um, his first spell is memorable for me because um, of the uh, Sunderland playoff game and the corner he took that Powell scored on. So even though he didn't do a lot in that first spell, I do remember that. And that was a big, you know, like a moment for me with Sean Derry. Obviously, the second time he came back, it was all about, you know, getting out of administration as far as, you know, the... the point deduction and you know how great he was as a leader so he's got a couple of good moments with for me um the thing is i'm, I'm just thinking out loud is that i really i, I for one put aki in not even thinking they would even be up for in or bin because for me they're a little bit similar from the um cold status kind of thing but um i, I never really thought we'd ever anybody would actually um, nominate sean derry when we haven't nominated lombardo yet or darren ambrose and in midfield so it's gonna be hard Murphy. for me Jeremy Murphy's never getting nominated by me, ever. He's going to get binned. <laughs> so if he gets nominated, he's getting binned, Gillard. So I'm letting you know that from now. Don't even bother putting him up. I've been up on the show that week. So, but um, again, he's got, you know, uh, definitely cult status. Definitely a, a, a you know, huge player in our history for helping us get promoted to Premier League. And obviously, like I said, um, helping us not get to League One. And, um, you know, all around, you know, decent fella. Just notice J Dog three in the chat room trying to bait me by saying pretty much in the top twenty five. Not going for that, mate. Right? Top twenty five for what? Top twenty five most hated players by Hambo. Oh, I don't hate him. Twenty five players whose name rhymes with Hutch. Yeah, you still wouldn't be in it. I don't hate him. Twenty five players that look unnervingly like Carl Pilkington with hair. <laughs> I apologize. Hate is a very strong word. You don't hate him. You just don't no, like I him. Don't. Which is I just, I just, I just don't rate him. Um, but, but like I say, I would be absolutely delighted for him to prove me wrong. That'd be fine. It'd be fine. Anyway, let's get back to talking about Derry. Let's get in or bins. Are you in or binning him, Patrick? Again, based on what I just said, as far as uh, Aki being in and having some other players who are slightly. Better. I'm going to have to unfortunately bin Mr. Derry, though I did like him a lot. I actually went real quick. I actually saw him live. I, went, I flew over in 2008. Uh, Warnock was in charge. We were playing Hot, uh, Hereford in the uh, League Cup with uh, Calvin Andrews. I think it was his first game. And oh, yeah, I remember we won, it well. We won. 
There was nobody there, but but I saw Derry play live, which is uh, which is kind of interesting, but not the point. Ben, sorry, Ben. Patrick. Ben. Oh, you said Patrick. Why did I say Patrick? It's because I was reading oh. something else. Oh, sorry. I, I <laughs> I've been in three times now, sorry. Yeah, I know, sorry, you've mentioned, yeah. All right. <laughs> Nick, what do you think? Sorry. Um, if it was between him and Andy Dorman, <laughs> however... Brilliant, Nick, that was great. Well done. I'll, I'll thank you, Nick Tease, for bringing uh, Dorman, Dorman up there. Um, however, if there was a top 25 for ambassadors for the club, he'd definitely be in there. And so would Aki. I think Aki's in for the wrong reasons. But, you know, um, I'd, I'd have Jerry Murphy above him and I'd have um, Lombardo in above him. So I'm afraid, sorry, Sean Derry, as much as you are great and a brilliant ambassador for the club, I'm going to have to say that you can go down the pub with Mark Hughes. But um, Red Siren Dot and you know, Hughes, Yeah. Uh, Unit T's and Red Siren Dot in the chat room have both said Ian. Well, there you go. Um, Tavala? From as little as I know from him, um, and from what I've seen, it's not going to make much of a difference anyway, but I'm going to say Ian. Hey, well, well done. In. Well, that is, a, that is, I respect that decision. Um, let's go and have a look at what the listeners have done, actually. Uh, the, the poll earlier on was very much, um, shall we say, very much heading towards being bin. Uh, yeah. Okay, and I'm just going to check holradio.net forward slash vote. I've said that because I was on the wrong screen and I'm having to play for time a little bit. Um, but then I've, do you know what? I've also then went to the wrong street screen again. Um, and yeah, yeah. Have you just done it again? Yeah, I, I don't know what it, I've just forgotten what it was called. There it is, there it is. It's all fine. That was all fine. Why didn't we go off air for that bit? <laughs> <laughs> um, okay. Uh, <laughs> neither as good as Johnny Parr from Bimbo Gascoigne, who's a regular voter. Uh, seems obsessed. With, uh, um, Johnny Parr's mum's voted in. Um, seems to be a Johnny Parr theme in there. I wonder who's responsible for that. Um, <laughs> uh, I think. Um, no, there you go. That's fine. That's that's fine. Uh, that's very much looking like a bin from the listeners. So bin for listeners. Um, for me. I mean, since it doesn't matter, I could say in or bin, and just it wouldn't—it just wouldn't matter, really. But you know, I, I think as in terms of our all-time best twenty-five players, in terms of focusing on the central midfield, I, I don't think Derry makes it. Um, I, I don't. With the greatest of respect, Sean, it's a bin. I think we should leave the lid open, though, just in case we do need him. Oh, definitely. Yeah, yeah. He's not—he's not in the bin with the lid firmly closed. No, exactly. Well, that—that that, you know that. That bin it doesn't really open too much, really. In the uh, chat room, Joe Berto has said, Derry getting binned must mean that John Terry and Stevie G wouldn't get near our top 25. <laughs> As the song goes, yeah, he's better than both of them. Well, he's better uh, than one and more faithful than the other. Uh, <laughs> yeah, that's true. Guess which is which. <laughs> um, no, very good point there, Joe Berto. like it. All right, um, just a couple of little bits uh, before we go that I, that I want to mention. Um, first of which is that we're having a little bit of a shake-up at, at Hull Radio Towers. Um, basically, what we're trying to do is, is trying to get a bit, bit of a wider range of opinions. Um, um, so I want to thank both uh, Barney Fox and Tony Piers for their efforts uh, on Hull Radio uh, over, over the last couple of years. And 
it's been great having you guys on board and it seems seems harsh to penalize you for agreeing with us but um we just want to want a little bit of a shake up on things so cheers for that for your efforts guys it's much appreciated um and i think very very sad news um that that um well it's, it's certainly broke on on the cpfc um <laughs> earlier on today um but I, but I read about it last night, and it was about uh, Fergus McGovern, who was, uh, was an associate director at Crystal Palace. And had a, a brilliant um, career, very successful career in the, in the video game industry. He was behind, uh, I think, Probe Entertainment, who were sort of, um, I think they were actually based in, in Crawley originally. But um, And his, his most recent company was based in, in Croydon as well. But, but he made you know millions out of, of video games and was an absolute industry legend um, and he sadly passed away um, I think it was yesterday or, or maybe the night before um, so thoughts with his with his friends and family and it's a, it's a terrible thing um, you know, I, don't, I don't think he was um, you know, particularly old either and he's left behind a family and all that kind of stuff so um, thoughts with them uh, a very very sad day and I'd like to dedicate um, you know the, the good parts of this show uh, to, his, to his memory um, I hope he appreciates that, that little joke as well so um, R.A.P. Fergus McGovern. Mm, definitely. Going back, going back to to Tony and Barney. Are they going to get a chance to do a kind of Simon Bates esque rant uh, one last time about how bad it is that they're not with us anymore? I think I think they should, um, and they can talk obviously about what a nightmare I am behind the scenes, which is which is absolutely true. Uh, very demanding. That's why Sam is terrified what's going to happen for the technical faults in the course of this show. Um, I'll be getting in my car, driving to where he lives, and uh, beat, I think, which I think is Nottingham or something like that. I'm just going to beat the bejesus out of him. Um, <laughs> that's, that's what's going to happen. But, uh, so there you go. Anyway, um, I think we'll leave it there. Don't forget, uh, if you're listening live, um, you can download the podcast for some additional content. It's going to be very short this week, I suspect, um, because of how much I've got to do after the show. But anyway, thank you very much to Sam and uh, and Tav, technically, for sort of producing a little bit during the course of that. And also to Tav for presenting as well, uh, Nick, and to Patrick, and, and to myself. Cheers. Bye. Okay, I hope you enjoyed that. Oh, we're... we're uh, Obviously, going to give you a little bit of extra content now. Uh, not too much. It's currently eight fifty-five p.m. and really, I wanted to be done by nine. But, um, don't use that as a time check, listeners. No, don't. <laughs> I think you're late. Exactly. The thing is, it could be any time when you're listening to this. In fact, I mean, the best thing to do is to, if if, if you're confused by me announcing the time, is to just check the time on your own devices. Um, just on your iPhone. Oh, why would you mention iPhones, Nick? <laughs> you, you know what's happened. You dropped it. Oh, just I, to be honest with you, right, I've, it's the iPhone iPhone 6s, right? I've dropped it a few times. Um, other phones are available. Other phones are available, but aren't quite. Don't feel quite as nice in your hand. I find. Also, in a um, the Samsung Galaxy is it S3, something like that, whatever it is. But that's all right. S6, which I have. S6. Ah, oh, come on, Patrick. Brilliant phone. Oh, I think they're they're weird. They don't they don't feel right, right. to me. It's all about the iPhone. Anyway. Um, I managed to drop it and it landed right right in the corner, um, which has created like a spider web of cracks across the front of, of the phone. And the thing is, I am incredibly lazy, so there's no way I'm going to be going to get that repaired. But the, the, that gives me another problem in that I'm about three months into a 24-month contract. Ouch. And, it, and, and the, it's already cutting my fingers. So I'm going to have no <laughs> fingers left by... Nimbles. 
Uh, it's you'll, be to, you'll be able to commit crimes because you'll have no fingerprints. <laughs> That's a good idea. <laughs> hey, yeah, exactly. Can I, just I... Question... Can I just question? Have, have, have you just got the feel? Just got the iPhone just out, just on its own? Because I've yeah. got a screen protector on it, which um, exactly, Chris. It, which, ta- which takes absorbs it's, all of the energy. Well, like Captain from... Hindsight, you look. You well, know, I've just it's explained. Not it's, not it's more of a common sense. You, when you're at the shop, when you're getting an iPhone, well, when you, wherever you get it, they say, "Oh, do you want um, such and such screen protector?" It's yep. like, mm, let's think about it. Am yep. I likely to drop my phone? If the yep. answer is yes, and you think, "Oh, will I be able to get it fixed easily? Um, will I be lazy and not want to get it repaired?" Um, if the answer is yes. Get a screen protector. It's all basic common knowledge. If you're gonna if you're gonna drop it, thank pr- you, Tev. Protect it. If you, I, my um, kids, both my kids got new ones, the same the S6 for Christmas, and they both got the screen protectors on it because everybody drops their phone. Everybody does, Chris. Sorry, and they I, always. I, break, I, so. You guys I, are just the perfect people to have around <laughs> after a crisis. Aren't you? <laughs> I dropped my phone, but uh, the Chelsea game it was Wasnia down with rain, and um, I put it in my pocket, and it got water damaged. And I've had to get get it from my household insurance, get my money back. I've finally got a check. Um, so I've got to decide what phone I can spend about £325 on. Did you know. have a screen protector? Well, the screen protector won't stop water seeping in. I know. It? That wasn't the question. Do you have a screen protector, though? No, I don't have a phone at the moment because it's back with the insurance company. But when, Chris, when, 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 when uh, that we designed some sort of iPhone finger thimbles so that you don't cut them all the time. I think that's the way to go iPhone finger thimbles. Well, if you're protecting your phone in the phone pl- first place, phone place, um, you won't have to get anything to protect your hand from damaging on the screen. I am genuinely in our Facebook chat changing your name to Captain Hindsight. I'm going to change your name to Has No Common Sense, Hambo. <laughs> What else do you want to tell me? What else do you want to tell me? Oh, Chris, if you hadn't eaten all that food, you wouldn't be quite so fat. How about that? (laughs) (laughs) If you you had different parents, you might not be suffering with stuff. Yeah. If you had different parents, you might still have hair or something. You know. God, dear. Brutal. You've still got a face that looks like another face when you turn it upside down. Well... No, because the mouth would be at the top. I'm not. I, it doesn't make any sense, does it? So you, you, you used to get these kids' um, books, um, sort of fun books with little words and stuff in. But they would in. There'd always be three or four pictures through these little books you'd thumb through, and there'd be a face. You could turn it upside down, and it'd look like another face. So if you had a beard, the beard would become the hair. Right, it's like having Michael McIntyre in the room. Did we have a competition, Chris, last week? We did, and you would ask that as I'm frantically scrolling through Twitter trying to find out who the winner was. The question was, oh, that is the worst thing, because do you remember how I asked the question? I I didn't listen to last week's show. I must apologise. Yeah, because you weren't on it, right? Is that what you do? I've got no phones. I've got no podcast app. Um, You mean you could listen to it on a computer? I know. I listen to it on a computer when I'm on. Oh, nice. As I just said, you don't just do anything on. It's all right, Chris. It's all right. It's been oh. revenge for Chris saying he didn't listen when I presented. I don't no, listen I don't. when you're on either, so. I yeah. ne- I, it's true. I never, <laughs> I never listen if I'm not on it. I'm my favourite one. Yeah. I listen all the time, but that's just me. Yeah. Well, you know. I'll tell you what your problem is, Chris. Uh-oh. Kept in hindsight. I'll tell you what your problem is. He's just... He's just uh, 
we we've already got rid of two people this week. Are you? <laughs> <laughs> exactly. I I genuinely thought I was going to be fired on air this week. When you went I was so week. hoping it was going to be you. <laughs> <laughs> well, if it wasn't for me, there wouldn't have been a show. <laughs> All right, come on. My problem is, I want to hear what my problem is. You've got to head. Yeah, no, uh, I can't remember now. Captain Narcissus. What was the quiz question, Chris? The quiz question was something along the lines of which player, uh, when he left Palace for a second time, um, who is in our ultimate 25-man squad and the all-time best centenary 11, uh, joined Tottenham Hotspur. Was that the answers on a postcard to Andy Gray competition? It was the answer on a postcard to Andy Gray competition, yes. I think I know the answer to this. Yeah. Wasn't yeah. it John Fostock? No, that's a re- that is a... Oh, you, but you did only leave us the once. That's where you've uh, got caught in my cunning web of uh, <laughs> deceit. Um, so, yeah, yeah. We, had, we did have a fair few entries, but unfortunately we had a lot of... Co- well, not unfortunately. I'm glad we've had a lot of contact from you guys. Um, and there you go. We're scrolling down to the entries now. And just okay. as an aside, what player has played for us and joined other clubs, and then played for us again and joined other clubs and played for us? Well, Dougie, Dougie did that, didn't he? Sean Derry. Sean Derry, obviously. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, Andy Gray, the Andy Gray. Yeah, yeah. The, the Andy Gray. Yeah, yeah. Wilfred Zaha. Yeah. Yeah, but that's only like gone once. Has there been anybody that's gone twice and come back? Twice. Mm. Listeners, if you know of anybody who's played for us on three different occasions or more, um, obviously not just three. Keep it yourself, really. Yeah. Just, uh, I can get enough contacts. Just, just be <laughs> glad that you know it and leave it at that. Yeah, if you can uh, tweet the answer to that one to um, at Joe the Caddy. In fact, tweet him as much as you like, really. Just um, uh, The winner, um, I'm going to announce it. I'm going to announce the winner. It's, it, the winner is Tony G at Tony underscore G. Uh, Tony, go, uh, send send us an email. Go to hmlradio.net forward slash contact. Send an email with your uh, your full name and your address, and we'll figure out something to send you. Um, got a couple of goodbye mugs that are heading out to previous winners. Um, have we got any idea for what we're going to do competition this week? We saw yes, I've, I've got a question. Yeah, you've got, yeah. Tavis talking about it earlier. Um, a few- Three or four seasons ago, we, we played uh, a game in the championship and the opposition had to play in our away kit. Now, who were the, oppos- who were the opposition that day and what was the score in the game? See, I'd have thought it would have been easier just to get them to play skins and tipex numbers on their actual <laughs> <laughs> uh, So is that uh, our question? Who did, we, who, who did we play against that they had to play in our away kit and what was the score? Yeah, who was the opposition? And I'm not going to actually give it away by naming the competition after the answer this week. That's Answers on a postcard to Dagenham and Redbridge competition. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but there you go. Send your answers in during the course of the week. Um, also, no, don't forget, you can uh, do what Jerry did um, during the course of the week and uh, left us a voicemail uh, with his thoughts. 0800 689 3624. And we'll play them out um, in next week's show. A couple of things for us. I'm not going to talk any more about the game. We've covered that quite extensively. But I've got a couple of nice emails in that I'm going to read just to make myself feel better about things. Um, So, uh, Nathan Marks got in touch from Christchurch, New Zealand. Uh, Said, love the show in capital letters. Thank you very much, Nathan. Listen to the podcast every episode. I've been a Palace fan since the FA Cup final run. It was a fresh-faced 11-year-old just getting into English football. Uh, can't, can't be a New Zealand accent. It's mate. 
that was nearly it. Uh, I hope the boys can do it again this year. Uh, can we please have more of Joel's stories? He cracks me up. Uh, he supports Wellington Phoenix, which are their local pro team, and Paul Ifield played for them recently. There Ooh. you go. Uh, Saw him play, by the way, in 2008 with Sean Derry versus Hereford. Yeah. Same team. Is uh, Paul Ifield was, was a good player. It was a good player. He had, um, I think, he had sort of sort of back and hamstring problems with us, which a lot of it was apparently caused by truck driving because um, he lived in Brighton of all places, and um, he just oh. yeah just had just had some issues with that. Um, but about for injuries, I think he'd have had a much better career than he did have because he was a very, very talented player. Got a good eye for a goal. Uh, very you, good um, at Millwall. Hello? Are you showing some I feel love? Sorry. Oh, you're sorry, but not sorry enough. I'm not sorry enough, no. No. Sorry, not sorry. Oh. You know that sentence, you said much. Did you mean Jordan much, the player that you love so much? Why would you keep bringing him up? It's unacceptable. <laughs> Would you rather Jordan played for us than much? Yes. Could you imagine that? Yes. <laughs> you're imagining it now. Yes. In fact, you're cutting your finger on your iPhone as you're frantically looking for pictures, <laughs> aren't you? <laughs> this has got weak. <laughs> we're really happy, we're really happy with the, uh, the outros in the last couple of shows. This one I'm not so happy about. And do you know who I blame, Nick? Me. Uh, by the way, the, the previous competition winners uh, who have got mugs heading their way, well, one was a competition winner, one was doing well in the fantasy football at some point, so I awarded him a mug. Uh, we've got Nathan Giles, um, who won it, and also Martin Stores will get a mug at some point. But you are relying on me to be bothered to put the mugs into packaging and send them to you. So, yeah. Good luck, yeah. because yeah, it might be bothered to put um, a lovely uh, screen protector on his phone. phone. Oh, dear. Um, I think that's it for me. Anyone else? Just, I just want to ask, what's going to happen if we don't beat Sunderland? Will the internet uh, melt? Yes. I yeah, I think um, I'm going to leave the internet if uh, <laughs> if, if that happens. It, the thing is, it I said this in, in the sort of uh, the aftermath of the West Brom game. You know, it, Sunderland is absolutely vital, but then so was the West Brom game, and we we've just got to get it into our heads that. You know, it's not just all going to be okay if we just go out and, and, you know, play our game. We've got to play with a sense of urgency, the sense of almost desperation at times. Just get those points, get them while we can. And Sunderland, you know, that is our chance. We, we have got to believe that we're a better team than Sunderland. Uh, it's at Sellers Park. We've got to go out there, take the game to them, but actually set up so we've got no, it's not. Shape. No, it's, it's not. It's not Sellers, is it? Oh, it's not. No, it's you're right. We're, we're, we're never winning that match now. <laughs> <laughs> I've broken it. I've broken my brain. But the good news is, uh, for some reason, I did think it was at home, and I was trying to work out how to get there from work on Tuesday. Now I don't have to worry about it. <laughs> Were you really? Yeah. <laughs> I'm glad I made sure you weren't driving to sell us on Tuesday. Oh, then. It would have been funny, though, wouldn't it? What's, what, what is going on with playing Sunderland on a Tuesday? Surely, surely they can sort out the fixtures so that we play play somebody localer, more local. Localer. Local. It's, it's a conspiracy, is what it is. That's why the yeah. referees are so bad every week. I did enjoy going going to my first away game in ages, though. It, it is a, a good day out. Um, although there, there are a few Muppets that go to away games, I did notice. I had, I had a guy... meet up lots of people. I had a guy five rows behind me. And when we were losing 2-0, the first words he uttered... Well, I say uttered. He shouted from the top of his lungs, where Steve Parrish does not know what he's doing. Is he the manager? 
Three nil, <laughs> three nil down. The next words I heard: <laughs> those bloody Americans. Oh right, unbelievable. Um, I mean, I feel that when I speak to Patrick sometimes. I'm going to say the American part's kind of I understand that part a little bit, but the, <laughs> but the, yeah. the other part is totally out of order. The Paris part. <laughs> <laughs> No, you know it's just it's a strange old time at the moment, and Crazy. and and poor runs of form do funny things to people, and you know I think it, I think it is get it's getting to a lot of, of rational people. It's getting maybe it's getting to me in my uh, <laughs> whilst I'm getting so much stick for my Jordan much uh, views, but um, I don't know. Let's we've got to get a win. That's all it all really comes down to. I have a question though, Chris, and I have mm-hmm. of Nick and Tav. As we stand right now, you think we're really going to go down? Honestly, in the heart of hearts, because I really don't think we are. Oh, I am concerned. I don't like relying on other teams' results. That's the thing. And and okay. Villa are poo, and Norwich are poo, and Sunderland are poo, and Newcastle are poo. But <laughs> we can't guarantee them being poo for the next however many games we got. And it's it's all got to be down to how we play. And the the other thing we got to think about, Patrick, is it carries over to next season. If we end the season on a on a miserable run, then how's that going to affect how we start that, next season? You just named three clubs last year. Leicester did that whole escape. There's no way three teams are going to do the same thing. So that's why I'm not concerned. I obviously concerned with the form, but you're relying on three or four teams below us to just go on some, you know, really decent form to overtake us. I don't see that happening. That's why I'm not concerned. Obviously, I understand the part about, you know, the carryover, but I'm really just more worried about doing one in, in the... I'm, not, I'm focused on the FA Cup. I really am. I think we're going to survive just by the skin of our teeth. Nothing more. And hopefully nothing less. We're going to just about survive. It's going to be painful. And win it's, the cup. It's, it's, we can't rely on that, though, can we? No, of course not, but what happens when we do? How great would that be? What a great show that's going to be, a cup final show. I'm actually going to be controversial. Say, if we beat Reading in the quarterfinal, I am refusing to go to Wembley for the semi because it will just take away the magic of going to Wembley for the final. Uh, I, I know what you Seriously. mean. To be honest, I'll be going to Wembley with a semi for the semi. It's the 90th minute. All your mates around. You've got your McNugget share boxes ready to go. Your mates already got booked for double dipping and you steal the last nugget, snatching all three points. Perfect. Order McDelivery now on the McDonald's app. You in? At participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans.